right? And, and because of the whole Thursday thing, my like sense of time has been all screwed up. Oh, I thought yeah. yesterday was Saturday. <laughs> Keep thinking today's Sunday. I start work tomorrow. Um, wow, yeah, that's success. I was the same way with those snow days we just had. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I felt Sunday anxiety, anxiety for four straight days. You know, yeah. like oh my god, I gotta go back to school tomorrow. Never came. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit different. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much you watched <laughs> the episodes put out with Zoe and Jordan, but a lot of different content getting yeah. created here. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty fun to watch, though. They're they're fucking idiots, and I just I like giving them a space to be idiots. I'm like, if yeah. y'all, it's funny to me. Yeah. So hopefully, other people out there. That's why I have a really hard time. I haven't like, finished it yet, but uh, um, but what I did watch of it, I really enjoyed. The last like twenty stuff. minutes is where we're talking about they're eating ass in the 1700s yeah and it just goes off the fucking rails from there it was <laughs> even more than the clip <laughs> oh yeah those worst parts in there like <laughs> they're talking oh about, hell yeah is the patriarchy gay like and there's like western civilization is basically found on really on religion i mean religion's gay like was christ really getting nailed to a cross or like like jesus christ oh man that's amazing <laughs> it's bad like i haven't even i want to make a clip out of it but i have a irrational fear of accidentally going viral and being fired yeah. Or be not being able to teach, you know? Yeah. That's kind of those things where I'm like, this is amazing gold content, but... You don't want it to get too popular. Yeah, where do you... I'd, I'd love to have something that went viral and have, you know, thousands of subscribers or whatever yeah. it may be. But it's like, I'd have to really watch what I say. Yeah. Because I don't know how schools in Kansas would deal with... I have, like, I have a warning on my Twitter that says, everything here is all jokes. It has nothing to reflect on me or the person behind the account. Just like, I don't think that's legally bounding or anything, but just like, just to save me. It's just a fail right. safe. Be like, hey, listen, I'd like to, I'd like to come in here and say that I'm portraying a character. Maybe that could distance like me from Coach Larmer, Mr. Larmer, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just, that makes sense. I've been worried about that this week. But. <sighs> all right, all right. Yeah. Oh, do we need to do the clap? Oh yeah, good call. I'd have been out. I'd have had to find something that we both have made a noise or something. <laughs> so, forgot about that. Let's see where I started. Like really get into the notes. It's a weird. It's a weird section we just read, but I'll get. I don't. Yeah, I, I have a lot to talk about. But it's like, I don't know, whatever, we'll get started. <laughs> <laughs> also, right. this is going to the episode, but uh, I am glad that we decided to just do it all in one section, for sure. For sure, and we'll get into that, because <laughs> I feel like this could have been a drag. This could have been a, a kind of boring two episodes of us just discussing yeah. not much going on. But All right, get started. I don't know. <clears throat> right in my mouth. Whatever's right in there, that looks good to me. Welcome back to Redacted Media. We're bringing you the content as long as you mind your business. Before we get started, like you guys go ahead and like, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and turn on your notification bell so you can get into these episodes right whenever we drop them. If you listen to us on Apple Music or, Spot- or Spotify or any other uh, podcast format you have out there, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a rating. The Apple uh, Podcast one really does help out a lot. It tries to push us to other different audiences. And uh, thanks for coming, man. It's going to be a good time. 
we're getting another third of the Dark Tower second book, The Drawing of the Three. And I am your host, co-host, one of those, Redacted or Larmer. And this is my co-host, Jake. I'm the other one. I'm Jake. The other one is funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> so last time we left off, like we had just had, I think, one of the best hundred pages in this this novel so far. With just how Eddie's situation of getting out of Lagardia, I think they come in through. Yeah. And then the shootout at Balazar's. And I didn't expect the book to like keep this breakneck speed, but I kind of wish it did. You know, just to yeah. just keep on giving me more. You know, like this is fucking nuts. And even with the shuffle in there, you know, it's just this really interesting storytelling. But instead, we jump into a different kind of interesting situation and Detta and Odetta. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're jumping into the Lady of Shadows. Um, kind of find out about the blue plate and uh <laughs> she uh it's a it's a different style of storytelling than he, that he's done so far yes uh, we spend a lot of time on flashbacks and in the past um kind of learning more about her as a character um before she ever interacts with anybody and um i don't know it, it felt like a different style for sure yeah i think that there's i mean so the gunslinger came out I mean, right around the time of like The Shining, Carrie, Salem's Lot, like these very old, very popular, good selling books, but King was young. Yeah. This came out, I believe, like after, I think after It. I, I like think that it said 86 was. 86 would have been right before It then, yeah. okay? So, I mean, there's there's been a lot of good things written between this and that. I have a list somewhere of, like what was written the year of the Dark Tower books. I thought it was kind of interesting to see like what headspace King was in, like if. Yeah. I believe the next one was written during Misery, which okay. is a, a wild book. And if you're, that's yeah. really about, you know, like his fears as an author and also like dealing with alcoholism and like addiction. And it's like, could I see that? I don't know. We'll wait till we get to the book, see if like any of that transfers over. But yeah. it's, it's interesting to think about that. But uh, his style, I think that King can make each character feel real or like a fingerprint in the way that he writes them. Yeah. That's one thing I kind of liked about it. I was like, this, you know, feels like a style shift, but on purpose, like it feels like this is Odetta and Detta's section. Cause mm-hmm. it's written for them. Yeah. And I even think with some of these tertiary characters with uh, like Julio and I remember who the ambulance guy was. Uh, Julio was the driver and George was the doctor. George. Yes. And just, uh, well, I'm going to get into that because I do have some good parts to point out about that. But it definitely felt like a different stylized writing. I agree yeah. with that. So um, we start off with a little bit of a, a little bit of yikes um, with, you know, them giving this uh, guy named Adler's description of a perfect schizophrenic. And um, that's not we, what a schizophrenic is. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's not. It's um, um, they keep describing it as schizophrenia, but it's closer to our, our modern day understanding of DID, but still wrong because mm-hmm. it was the 80s and uh, they didn't understand it as well as we did. Um, but, oof, there's some there's some painful stuff to read. <laughs> that, and uh, it's... And this isn't even the most painful. <laughs> no, it does get to... It's fun if you didn't take into real world situations, like right. it's a fun character to read about in a vacuum as me 
relatively healthy living in the middle of America in 2021, 2022. You know, like it's 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 fun to read about. We think like, okay, those people are actually dealing with this, and that if I take into other people's situations, I can see how this could this could not be a good section of the book. Yeah. I did. I think I warned you a little bit about that, or at least maybe the listener about it last week. Yeah, like, yeah, you did give me a warning that it was like, you know, this is going to be a bit of a heavier section and a mm-hmm. bit of a, uh, you know, some like, you know, modern sensibilities aren't going to be as uh, applicable here. <laughs> I think that if this was rewritten today, a lot would change, at least in yeah. the words and maybe in some of the spellings. <laughs> yeah. I find some of the spellings offensive. Like, it's yeah. just like, oh, that just feels so racist. <laughs> right. And like, he, he does have a reason for it. Like, he's not being actively racist, but like. We'll get like, into that. Yeah, I have a whole yeah. section because yeah. it's like they even call it out. Ha- okay. Yeah. They, we'll they, get there. We'll get there. I was like, I was like, at least he's aware. <laughs> yeah. I think. He, yeah. That there might have been someone said, hey, like relax yeah <laughs> bro yeah let's uh let's not let's sit okay so we meet uh she's odetta and there she's nice right yeah and she's talking about her trip to uh what was that camp no um to oxford 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 um, town right yep they went to oxford town which was another musical reference mm-hmm. um and her her driver is picking her up from the airport um, his name's Andrew. We we start off with uh, him telling her about a uh, news article he just read, calling uh, JFK the last gunman or gunslinger. Yeah, which I was like, ha, okay, yeah. And she completely disagrees with it. Which I thought was funny. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he was nice. He, he was doing all this good yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a gunslinger. He was more of a peacemaker. Yeah. Well, I don't know enough about JFK to like, yeah. say anything about that, but. You really like JFK? You really like King? Read eleven twenty two sixty three. I've been meaning to. He goes because uh, I've heard it's yeah. good. He goes back in time to try to stop the JFK assassination. Yeah, it's probably one of King's best love stories. Yeah, it's really good. I hear the kids from It show up in it for a little bit. Yeah, which I was like, well, I love that. All things serve the yeah. beam, yeah. you know. So, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, she has this. She has a headache, which I. Yeah. It was cool foreshadowing. But I didn't necessarily get it the first time reading this. Like, oh, she's having a headache. Like, who? What? What are we talking about here? What are we going on? Like, this right. lady comes on wheels. She broke the blue plate. She lives in shadows. What the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, <laughs> this did lose me the first time through, and now on the the reread, I I get what King was doing, but I, I can't say that it was apparent the first time through. Yeah. So. Um, one thing I like is um, when they're talking about him being a gunslinger, she says that there are, uh, you know talking about the the state of the world then you know there's so many like nuclear powers going on and um you know she said there are too many shaky hands holding lighters near too many fuses this world has no or this is no world for gunslingers if there ever had been a time for them it had passed mm-hmm. i was like oh i like that quote a lot yeah that like, there we was, don't need those anymore it does kind of seem too volatile of a place for those have you heard like the joe rogan-esque uh not excuse but just like that barbarians used to be valued in our society you needed the crazy motherfuckers that could kill people to protect a village a town whatever the fuck might be right like way back in human civilization and that they believe like oh these bloodlines still exist today and that's why people that like have this primal instinct i I hate nature versus nurture you can grow into anything i don't believe that you're ever stuck into us but people that believe in it that barbarians the the lineage of barbarians are now the people that are struggling with society because they have no way to like 
use that fuel that they have. Yeah. I think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My great, 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 great grandpappy was a warrior, so I got to be too. Yeah, it's but just... instead, I'm working as an accountant. Arr. That's it's like fight that's club, why I punch right? holes in the drywall. <laughs> it's it's not because I don't understand how to communicate and I live a drama filled life. That's not the reason at all, you know. But I uh, I do like the way that they kind of generalize that. I couldn't imagine going through a time in history before nuclear weapons, right? Because it's always been a reality for us. But to go from like. War doesn't necessarily mean the end of a country. It could just be a fight. It could be on the borders. Like things could happen. That is much more real, I guess. We're like now, like war in my mind. That if it was like a big, you know, giant world-ending war, it's just it's here and it's done. Yeah, like, not much I can do about it. Where beforehand, having the individual that was a strong fighter or a gunslinger could quote unquote save the day. They had more of an impact than. A fucking drone. <laughs> yeah. Know? You know, Roland's not going to do much against a drone, a drone, yeah. you know, like that's just, <laughs> it's just the case. Yeah. He, could, he, might, he might, might have a great shot, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So she went to Oxford for a civil rights protest. She was there for three days. Of course. Yeah. Um. She ended up being arrested and uh, they kind of go into like, they uh, held her in a, a cell for so long that she, they ended up she ended up peeing herself and like getting really dehumanized and she's like that's kind of the lesson that they're trying to teach you or that they were trying to that's the lesson that they try to like cram down our throats is that we're animals Mm -hmm. and uh you know they uh think that because we're descended from monkeys that we still are monkeys you know like oh fuck (laughs) yeah and i don't think they they just mentioned that JFK just died, right? It's been three months. Yeah. So what would that be? Uh, February of 64? Yeah. I, I actually put that in my notes here. I was like, oh, I got to figure out when this is. Yeah. Because he does some math wrong later. And so I was very oh, excited about that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why I went back to look. Because I was like, I was like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. So 1964, in the middle of the civil rights movement, or at least, was that the beginning? I don't know. Yeah. At the time that social change needed to happen, you know, right? Um, they they talk about later like how um, Johnson is going to be putting through a lot of um, civil rights acts, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, it's it's I I don't know history well enough to give exact dates, but it is around that time. Yeah, I'm a not big on history. I don't care. So yeah, I can Google it anytime. Yeah, <laughs> I I like I like history classes a lot because um, it's just stories. Mm-hmm. But I'm not good at the numbers, <laughs> and that's why I feel like most of history is is just remembering dates. It's yeah. like that, that's I like the I like the story aspect of history class, but yeah, the dates like yeah, no, it, that doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I don't. If they just you can't learn was, a lesson from a date, it was before World War One and after the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then let's check out. I get it. I get it. You know, right there, yeah. right. <laughs> so we we place our time, and did they mention that Odette is a black lady? Like they don't mention it yet. Um, yeah. It takes them a little while to, um, and I think it's in s- section two mm-hmm. that they mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because they, they talk about like society reacting to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we, um, 
and we we learned that she she lives in this big um fancy apartment and uh they say that you know oh this uppity rich black lady except they they don't say put it lady. they put it less nicely than that <laughs> um ugh. It's tough to get through. I yeah. didn't want to say, like, in that section, I think this is where King mentions the first term that I've, I'd ever heard it, of a limousine liberal. Yeah, I've never heard that before either. It's very big in later, not in later books, but he does, he throws that term around. I think yeah. that's his own insecurities coming out. Yeah. Because he does deem himself to be on the left very far and is a very rich man. Yeah. So it's a, uh, he, he gets a lot of slack for. Like anything he puts on Twitter, he's nuts on Twitter. Like <laughs> you followed him. Oh, I love it. During the Trump years, he got fucking crazy. I yeah. was like, oh my god, King. Some of this is, I can't even interact. Like just, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So she, uh, the the term limousine liberal would be that it's a it's a rich person that's still trying to get into like civil rights acts, where it's like same reason people get mad at LeBron James for trying to be like, oh, like you're rich, you're black, you made it out, like it's obviously possible. And it's like you're missing the whole point but this yeah. isn't a uh, civics class or <laughs> anything of the such so is all you had for section one yeah um it just ends with andrew um driving her driving her home mm-hmm. um, we get a little bit of a flashback we learned that um about a person named detta walker instead of odetta holmes mm-hmm. um detta has no interest in the movement and uh, she lives in like an aging, falling apart apartment in Greenwich. I found it interesting that King chose to have both to have them have two different houses. Yeah, I found that interesting. And I'm also kind of wondering that with what we learn later with Detta, is it all imagined? Does she think yeah. that she lives? That could be possible in X area, and it's actually just the same apartment, but she views it differently. Uh, but yeah, we're introduced to this person that. Is on the the other side of the coin from Odetta, and is a uh, fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like, and and Odetta doesn't know about Detta. Detta doesn't know about Odetta. Mm-hmm. Um. And they both live fairly secluded lifestyles. So when one of them goes missing, nobody notices. Besides Andrew, the driver. Except for Andrew. Yep. Or Andrew. Yeah. And uh, it's. <laughs> It's interesting how like easily he folds to Odetta when he asks her, like, well, where have you been the last couple of days? She's like, oh, well, you've been driving me around, haven't you? You're not starting to go soft in the head. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Gaslight Girl Boss. Gatekeep. <laughs> <laughs> or Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. There we go. Yo. That's exactly what she did. She was gaslighting in 1964. That's amazing. <laughs> and then uh, we, we, you know, Andrew thinks about how last summer she disappeared for three weeks. Yep. Um. And just reappeared out of the blue in her apartment as if nothing had happened. Yeah. Um, except she had a big bruise on her face. Yeah. And we don't ever actually learn where that came from. But, you know, from what we learned about Detta, she probably got into a fight in her, or an altercation or something. Yep. Something happened to her. She yeah. got beat up. Yeah. Something happened. And at the end of section three, or in the end of section, one of these three or two right here in the first uh, book, we, we learned that. Dead and Odetta are both are missing the bottom halves of their legs. Yeah. Which was an interesting it's it's cool that King kept that kept that from us. Yeah. But it's weird to throw just like major identifying parts of a character way way in the in the in the back. I, I appreciate him doing that because I think we all have a tendency to create characters 
an image yeah. as as we're reading about them and to let us get you know almost ten pages I think. Yeah, and we yeah the way we find out is um after they get to the apartment he he goes and takes her baggage out of the trunk and it's all beat to hell because they knew that she was this rich famous lady so they couldn't actually beat her up so they took their aggression out on the luggage mm-hmm. um and then under the luggage he pulls out her wheelchair yeah and um this is where he gets the math wrong because oh. he said that uh she lost her legs on august 19 1959 which has been five and a half years nope but uh it would have nope. been four and a half years yep and so I was like, ha, gotcha. Gotcha, King. Gotcha. Punk. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fool me. Yeah. Five and a half years. Yep. That's funny. Um, yep. <laughs> but then, yeah, not important. <laughs> no, but, it was funny. That mistakes like that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and she got her legs cut off in the subway incident. Yeah. What a terrible way to be oh, my God. harmed. Like. Uh, just in uh, in in classic king fashion we don't find about that out for quite a while now yeah they just call it the subway incident here at the top of four and that leads into the fact that odetta was the main person in this body for most of her life that it hasn't always been a 50 50 split and it still might not be a 50 50 split yeah um you know we we kind of get told that odetta is in charge most of the time uh with Detta popping up here and there but since the incident, it has been a lot more frequent that Detta has popped up. Um, you, of they, the two of them, okay. Detta notices like the blanks in her memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Odetta doesn't. She comes up with a reason for why she doesn't, or she just invents memories. Just denies that that's happening. Yeah. Like, how do you lose? You can lose three weeks. And she's like, no, everything's been fine. Yeah, go from today to the 1st of March. I mean, nuts. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yesterday was... was February 20th. Like, what? <laughs> no, it wasn't. What are you talking about? It really about? wasn't. I did want to point out a choice by King whenever he starts to write as Odetta, as Detta. Yeah. About, talk about the four special China plate and the uh, they, the drawers. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I think it's just like a, a term of a place that sucks. Yeah. Um. They, they put it in capitals like it was like a specific neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is an area in New York or something, but it made know. me think of like, have you heard that like hell, the original room for hell and like Hebrew using the Bible was just like meant for like a bad, like burning section of town. Like where oh, you yeah? would like take all your rubbish and like bullshit that you didn't want in town. I'd be where they just toss shit out. And that's like what the original translation of hell is. That was just a bad spot. Yeah. Okay. So like the drawers might be something like that. I think I'm thinking of like a burn pit. They yeah. around the country or something like that. Maybe like a burn pit or something where <clears throat> my friend, when I was uh, we used to live in Arc City, they had a just a, a toss pile. It was a hole in the in their back of their property where I mean, there's like toilets and shit. And back then, it's just just they don't want to throw it away. My parents have something kind of like that. Yeah, it's just like I don't want to dump this. I want to take this to dump. We just throw it in the toss pile. Yeah, and it was just that's what I think of like the drawer, something where things that are broken are supposed to go. But the writing that I want to point out here is that we go from the top of 216 in my book to the middle of 219 with no paragraph breaks. Yeah, it is all just one long, long paragraph. Yeah. Exhausting to read. And and it's it's kind of cool too, because um it shows that like she's a you know, she's a stream of consciousness. She um she just hops from one memory to the next mm-hmm. and like she kind of thinks about, oh, there was blanks, but like her um 
her needs are just so present when she's present that she doesn't give too much time thinking about it. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, there was missing information, but whatever. I'm doing this now. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. That This yeah. is what she'll like make an assumption like she does later on in the book that she's like, oh, this is what must have happened. Yeah. And that's what happened. So, and that's why I'm mad. And that's why I'm angry. And that's why I fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. In that big, long three page paragraph, um, we get like a, you know, a cut of her as like, I'm guessing a young child at first mm-hmm. um, is what it seemed like, or maybe a teenager. She's at a, um, well, we don't, we don't know this yet, but she, she's at a place where she steals this, this China plate with a blue like embroidery mm-hmm. webbing around the edge of it um, from a lady she calls the blue woman. Um, and then she brings it to the drawers, that junky alleyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's about to break it. But instead, she like stands on it and starts masturbating. Yeah, and then we like cut forward to another memory. Mm-hmm. She's older. She's in a car with some frat dude. Um, she says that he has a white round face with blue on the edge because of like the weird lighting. Um, but it's actually blood because she had just scratched him in the face. Mm. Um, and then he's like leaning out of the car, puking, and she's sitting there laughing and masturbating again. Yeah, as you do. Um, (laughs) And then we cut forward to now she's an adult and uh, she's stealing a scarf from, I think they say Macy's. Mm -hmm. Um, And as she's like in the taxi going home, she's doing the same thing. Yeah. And I say like, that's all one paragraph. The worst (laughs) way to refer to a vagina is a cut. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. King gross. There's this subreddit, subreddit that I, I browse every once in a while called like Men Writing Women. Yeah. And uh, it's, this it's would go funny. in there. Yeah, yeah. That that is so weird. Yeah. That's, that's a bad way to refer to bodies, man. It's terrible. Yeah. That uh, host, like, I think you covered basically what Detta was talking about. I like how they finished Detta's little part here. And I'm going to just go ahead and read it. <clears throat> says, so sometimes she wondered in a distracted sort of way where she was when she wasn't here, but mostly her needs were too sudden and pressing for any extended contemplation, and she simply fulfilled what needed to be fulfilled, what needed to be done. Roland would have understood. I like that. I like they finished finish it off with that. I underlined, okay. That's a, because obviously this is who we're going to try to draw. Yeah. We're going to try to pull out, and it's like, maybe she might be a little more serviceable than Eddie. Like, she has this, like, connection with Roland. Roland is very base yeah. and I don't think he has a lot of peaks and valleys to him. Yeah. That he might be which see what you get and he has very just thick reasoning. Yeah, and he's he's just super determined um and he's you know very laser focused which uh you know is kind of what she's saying here is that like what I need to do right now is what matters. I'll figure anything else out later. Yeah. And that's very much what he's like. You okay? I don't have my phone out here. <laughs> you're, no, you're fine. It's, I was like, wait, that's not my phone, is it? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. That, uh, I like that, that interesting, uh, connection between them. And it gave me hope yeah. for what was going to happen on the beach. But that when we switch back to, uh, Odetta, that's where the limousine lim- limo came right here is at the top of five. Um, I believe, yeah, yeah. So at, at five, um, we we learned that, um, you know, she kind of she didn't want to be the limousine liberal, yeah. Um, and she kind of had like a little bit of rebellion against her rich parents by being like, 
No, I'm going to take public transportation and walk places. Yeah. Um, and we, we learn here that like her, um, her father died in 1962 and left her a pretty sizable trust fund. So that's mm-hmm. what she lives off of now as an adult. Um, and then we jump back because he just likes to jump back and forth. It, there's a lot of jumps here. There's yeah. a lot of jumps that it's trying to. I feel like this is definitely like an element in like world building that would be present in amateur fantasy writers. They're trying to like give you. All right, but, but no, like you understand, like the gold coin is worth this much because of this used to happen. And corn used to be the basis of transactions. <laughs> you know, it's like they'll yeah. give you like all this information. It's like, OK, is it that important? It just seemed like this was an element of it, like him having fun writing. It's like, okay, I want to yeah. tell this exact perfect story. Right. I need to give you all this information first, and I'm only going to give you. And one thing that um, I like that I've kind of noticed is like a lot of things that people tell authors, not like people in like creative writing and like learning to write, they'll they'll tell them not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he does it anyways. Yeah, and it doesn't make it bad writing. They tell him not to. They tell the you know people learning not to do that because. It's very hard to pull off, and most of the time it will be bad writing. Mm-hmm. But he pulls it off. I don't think that he has his writers without blemishes, but yeah. he can do the unorthodox, and it it works. Right. If you weren't thinking about, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you, like us two are in the ten percentile or the nine percent, whatever, the top fucking percent of people that can read and analyze, you know, like these books, and other people are just gonna read it and enjoy it. Yeah, you know? there's people out there that aren't going to think about the craft or even notice. We had a paragraph that went three pages, you know? Yeah. I um, So I was reading it on my phone instead of my uh, tablet mm-hmm. when I got to that part. And I was just like, it was like <laughs> 15, 16 screens for me. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? What is going on here? <laughs> oh, my God. I, that'd be super exhausting on a phone screen to me. Yeah. Where... At first, I thought it was like, is the formatting of my ebook just messed up? So I pulled it up on my tablet and I was like, no, it's. <laughs> there too that's where it is yeah that's that's good that you caught that that's because i did want to bring that up uh so yeah i think that well just to like get back to what we're talking about like the, the writing choices that he's making i don't think that he will be studied yeah 100 years for his for like how precise he follows grammatical and, and writing rules but i think it's an interesting show of talent yeah absolutely. to be able to break the rules and still like serviceable story yeah you know, I, I can still follow it yeah so it's jazz right yeah <laughs> stephen king is jazz what's up <laughs> it's all <laughs> it's all about the writing rules you don't follow yeah yeah you, you just don't follow them in your vibe just yeah. vibes just words consonants and <laughs> <laughs> consonants nouns and vibes a stephen king story i <laughs> 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 <Fucking> get stupid <laughs> all right <laughs> And we we get some some more backstory. Uh, this is about Odetta thinking about how uh, you know she's in the civil rights movement and she's like joining with the protesters. Um, and she's she talks about how like she never really gave too much thought to her um, ancestors as you know as a youth. She didn't think about how like you know her family probably used to be slaves. She just kind of thought about like oh here's my dad, my grandma, and my you know my parents, my grandparents. How far removed would you have to? Okay, so she's like 29, I believe, that we've established. Yeah. 64. So that would put her, what, at 34, 35 when she was born? Sounds right. math? Around there. Yeah. Let's say about the 1930s. How far removed is her family from slavery? You know, I I find that so interesting to think that. It's like probably two or three or three or four generations, maybe. Yeah, at the most. I'd say four. Yeah. Because, you know, there's some people that 
don't have kids until the late thirties or something, yeah. you know? And, but yeah, it's a, uh, think about that. When you think about like us history, just ha- this wasn't that fucking long ago. No, not at <laughs> it all. really wasn't like even thinking like, okay. Remember, you remember the Titans the movie? Mm-hmm. Not a long time. So I won't not a long time, but you, it, it's yeah. about, it's about the, the, the school integration, you know, all yeah. black school has to integrate with an all white school and they have to make a football team out of it. As a kid, I was like, who are these crazy ass white people? <laughs> and I'm mad about this. Like, how, right. I'm so happy they don't exist anymore. I'm like, oh my god, that's my parents. I know my parents are crazy ass white people, but they're, they're that's their age. Yeah, maybe not in the '60s, but like just that that would have been the the generation right above my parents. You know, like or yeah. that they would have been like coach's daughter and remember the Titans about nine years old or whatever during that. It's just it's mind blowing. Just <sighs> this, we're getting into like different redacted media uh, content here, but like <laughs> thinking about racism as a white man. It's like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. It's like it all. Yeah, I get it, but it's like just a shattering of because you don't experience it. It's just a sat- shattering of privilege that it's yeah. it's tragic that I was able to live for so long for that. You know, with that, like it sucks. Other people don't don't get that luxury. Yeah, that's a soapbox gone. I'll get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she thinks about like, um. You know, about Rosa Parks and how brave she was for, you know, being alone on that bus and standing up for herself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, it's really easy for me to be with this crowd of people, um, you know, standing up for the same things. But she's like, I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah. And um, I I found that really interesting because I've, I've seen people online um, because of the way he writes and has people talk. People be like, oh, Stephen King's a racist. And I'm like, I don't think so at least you know he might have some you know prejudices and stuff like you know people of his age you know but like i think that he really you know respects and thinks you know i think he you know has the right intentions i think that we have to also remember that he's from rural maine yeah there's probably not many black people up there yeah there's probably not many people of different races up there like yeah. he probably knows more french than he knows spanish yeah, you know, which is is a wild concept for us to live in the middle of America, and it's like a prime example of just like white ignorance that can seem harmful, but we hope it isn't. Yeah, it's like you know, um, well, yeah, like good intentions, maybe not best mm-hmm. execution, but because mm-hmm. it does get right rough place. here. <laughs> yeah, his heart's in the right place. Yeah, but. it it gets rough here in a here in a bit where I don't think you can escape. Yeah. Maybe, I think even for the mid-80s, this wasn't great. Yeah, I, I have to imagine. Yeah. But maybe not. I mean, what were, the 80s were fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right. Like 40 years ago almost. Uh, I, don't tell me that. The 80s yeah. was 20 years ago. Still in my mind, it was yeah. 20 years ago, right? right? The 2000s right. don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, then, uh, now we're finally back on the beach with... with Roland and, and Eddie and um, Roland is kind of like confused looking through because um, Eddie, you know, he was sitting in one spot when it, when he was looking through his eyes, she's moving around. Um, and so it's like really disorienting for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, this is a movie. I've seen thousands of these. This is what you tweeted about the other day. Um, or was it not? not, I, did, I, not yet, know. I was like, I was reading this later. and I was like, maybe, I don't know if you started, I don't know why you would, but yeah. good enough. Okay. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> Um, but he, he mentions a lot of movies that he's seen. Um, 
it made me laugh that he said thousands because I was like, you're 21. That's a tough. That's a lot of movies. Are you only watching movies ever? Maybe. I don't know. Did people watch more movies back in the day? Maybe. I don't know. Um, Because I was like, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies, but I wouldn't say that even I've seen thousands. No. (laughs) But that was probably just an exaggeration. Whatever. But it's fun to. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he brings up Star Wars Mm -hmm. and The Shining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but this isn't even the the example of The Shining that made me laugh because I didn't catch this my first time until I was oh, making yeah? notes, yeah, or until I was making notes uh, that he mentioned it now. Uh, he mentions it again later, and it's fun. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, also interesting to think that if an artist, artist or author, sorry, Jesus, creates a book, they're basically creating the universe. If you want to think yeah. about it in like the most simplistic way, Eddie's from our universe, at least one that still has Stephen King in The Shining. Yeah, if if Stephen King wrote The Shining, in this, oh you know? shit, that means that Stephen King exists in the Dark Tower. That's what was fucking weird, right? Like he's writing, it's it might not be Prime Earth, it might not be us, you know, but Eddie exists in a universe with Stephen King. Yeah, that's wild. That's amazing. I'm gonna grab my drink. You go ahead. Okay. Um, so Eddie's you know thinking about like what he's watching as a movie, and um, we hear the um storekeeper uh call this lady that's shopping um because we see her in a store like looking at jewelry and everything uh she calls her miss walker so we know that we're seeing detta's point of view instead of odetta um and eddie can like kind of see through the window and he realizes like oh this is this is new york and new york means i can get some smack yeah and uh he gets very excited yeah that uh I got him right, and <laughs> I like how. Uh, what was it right here? I just had to un- underline that Rowan's Lady of Shadows was black or white, one rude bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that explanation or just description of this new character that we're getting, and that it's the other characters pick up on it too. I believe this is Eddie watching through, through the doorway and making an assumption, right? Yeah, because. She she's being kind of rude to the shopkeeper, um, not like the worst that somebody can be. Not like a, you know, a Karen will see like we'd see on TikTok yeah. or something. But, yeah. Um, the lady's like, oh, that'd be cash or check. And she's like, it's always cash, honey. Yeah. Like, come on now. <laughs> okay, calm down. So while they're all watching this, Eddie is excited about going back to New York and getting whatever he can, right? Mm-hmm. And. Roland notices that Eddie is getting tense. Like, oh, you're about to make a move. You're about to do something stupid. Yeah, he's um, he's like, Eddie was a lot of things, and um, but one of them, or one thing he wasn't is stupid. He was a smart kid. He, so he's like, he knows, like, Roland's already figured out that like, oh, he can go back and get drugs now. And he's like, Eddie's gonna figure it out here in just a couple seconds. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Eddie still has Roland's gun. Yeah, he still has his gun. Which, whatever, right? And so they end up talking, and Eddie says, uh, wait, I don't, I want to say that, uh, Ed, Roland thought, he said, you could talk bright when you want to. Why do you so often choose to talk stupid, Eddie? Is it because you think that's the way they talked in the place where you both, in place where your brother went with the, his guns? And I find that interesting that Roland is already, like, assessing Eddie, and he's, the way he talks so pisses him off. Yeah. But he has a little bit of an admiration for him. I think that he doesn't think he's just in 
the way that Rowan and Eddie's relationship kind of evolves in this book, I feel like Rowan might not like Eddie. Just in the, a general sense of like, oh, he's not an equal. He would be an idiot. He has his times of like, like he doubts him about the the uh, Travoy that he makes every sick. Because like, oh, court would kick his ass. He's like, wait, no, that's wrong. That's my assumption that yeah. I'm putting on the court, you know. And it's funny that a lot of them might come down to just how Eddie talks, which is my favorite part about Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most enjoyable to read is whenever he has his, his monologues. So. Well, and he also has the uh, thing that he keeps bringing up to Eddie. Um, we'll, we'll see more of this later, but like, you know, he he thinks that Eddie doesn't have honor or that he's like not focused and uh, he wants to shape him into a more honorable person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, honor is different to everybody, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Eddie points the gun at Roland and he's like, so what do you think will happen if I shoot you now what'll happen to the door and Roland's like I don't know he's like no tell me what do you think would happen if I shot you right now probably go away well, probably just be gone it's probably more linked yeah. to me than it is to you boss yeah you know and uh and he's like shit I figured mm-hmm. he's like well let me go through with you um you know go go in there talk to her for a little bit get her somewhere and I'll go through and I I just want to experience the city again a little bit I just want I, I want to go get some Dunkin Donuts get some chicken <laughs> just have some like some good food you know <laughs> And Roland's like, no, no, you're going to go get some smack. And I told you your time with that is done. Yeah. So he's like, he's like I, I see through this really poor attempt at going to go get more drugs. Yeah. And you're done with that until after the tower. Yeah. And Eddie's like, Eddie kind of loses it. He's like, there's not going to be an after a tower for us. Probably not for you either. And you know that. Yeah. And uh, Roland feels a little bit bad. He's like. Bit. You're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't push his foot around it. He's like, no, like you. He's he's been very, very not sincere, but just forward about thinking like, you will be a spent shell. Yeah, laying on the ground as on my trip to the tower. I think that he tried to fight that with Jake, but with Eddie, I think he just knows like, oh yeah, you're. Yeah, I'm not gonna keep you around. Um, one thing he does say though. Um, he he tells Eddie that, um, you know, you could be a gunslinger too. I don't have to be the last one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eddie's like, "Why would I want to do that?" And he goes, "Well, think about your honor." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, what honor or what did honor ever do for that Cuthbert you uh, keep mentioning in your sleep?" Mm. And uh, Roland shuts up for a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, Eddie tells him, "Like, I don't want to be a gunslinger. My brother was a gunslinger, and it ruined him." Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's interesting to, you know, like interesting way to link your brother to uh, Roland. I, I like that a lot. Um, you know, I wouldn't have thought of, you know, just a regular soldier as a gunslinger, but, you know, technically it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think that we are, it'll be a heightened importance in Roland's world, but if the world were to move on, you know, the military and cops and people that were able to hold that place in a world that has, fucking dissolved into shambles yeah would be the gunslingers of their time i do like that uh uh eddie says to roland did they get this stuff you're talking about like a goddamn marine recruiting sergeant adventure quests honor it's like oh my god 
It's the exact. It's instilled in them. But he's he's seeing right through the bullshit. He's not swayed like, oh yeah, you know I could be this cool gunslinger. And they're like, no, fuck you. I want my smack. I want some chicken. I want my bed. Yep. Like, let's get get away from me. And that that made me think of like um, around high school and for a few years after. Um, I went and took that stupid. I think it was called like the ASVAB test or whatever. Yeah, yeah. One because because it got out of class. For I, I took it too. And uh, I did pretty darn well. Same. And they would not leave me alone until I was like 25. See, I had a, uh, I had a, uh, uh, oh my God, what's the name of it? People in the planes. Fucking Air, Air Force? Air Force. Thank you. Yeah. I was thinking like Air Service for some reason. The Air Force recruitment officer come to my house like a Saturday oh, morning. Oh, they never did that. I would have died. Oh they, my came, God. they just wanted to talk to me. They're trying, they trying to call me. I'm like, oh, da, 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 da. Open the door. He looked at me. He said, how much you weigh, son? Well, wrestling, something like that, like 285. He shook my hand and said, you have a good day. <laughs> Walked away. <laughs> that's I'm like, okay. See ya. <laughs> that's amazing. I just never gave him the time of day. And they never showed up at my house, thank God. Man, yeah. It was, or maybe they didn't know I wasn't there. But maybe, Yeah, but it was. Uh, <laughs> but I got like weekly phone calls. I got stuff in the mail constantly. Yeah. Just trying to get you to, to enlist, enlist, enlist. It's like, I just. I just wanted to get out, and you told me which way to do gears turn. I'm, I can figure that out any day. Yeah. You know, like leave me alone. <laughs> I was like, I'm a fat, lazy kid who doesn't want to fight anybody. Yeah. Like, no, for sure. On the same, uh, same two pages, I had another thing highlighted where uh, Eddie says, "Well, you're cl- you're collecting quite a crew, Roland." Eddie said, barely amused. First, you got your basic white junkie, and then you got your basic black shoplift. He gets off with shoplifter. And I was wondering, is Eddie speaking from a place of like author insertion, or is he speaking from a place of us? Like, are we the audience now supposed to feel for you? Get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, authors will sometimes put in characters that are representations of the audience or even of the author if they're not great writers. And is Eddie in this book, you feel like he's more king, like commenting on things that are happening? while also being an interesting character, or is he a stand-in for us? Huh, that's a good question. Um, I can kind of see him as being the audience stand-in. I can um, see that, too. I, I don't think there's somebody that read this book and doesn't like Eddie. Right. He's going to be likable. He has his flaws. Right off the bat, you're going to like him. He's going to be the guy to root for. I can't, I can't think of the name of the trope, but um, in so much fantasy media, um, so much, you know... Um, otherworldly kind of things you have somebody who is uninitiated new from another world they mm-hmm. don't know what's going on and they are your audience stand-in like uh you know they have they have to get everything that's commonplace explained to them throughout the movie or throughout the book or everybody else knows it that's but, why you, you follow the new guy in the maze runner right you know you like, you have to have the exposition not feel so clunky yeah. and like told to everything you have to be the new guy you're never divergent yeah. You're not going to have somebody that's already established in the Dauntless house or whatever it is, and you like, know? Like Percy Jackson, you know, he didn't know anything about, like, the Greek mythology stuff. Um, yeah. Like, he didn't even know basic basic mythology mm-hmm. until he showed up at the camp. Or until the monster attacked him and then he got brought to the camp. Yeah. Um, or Star Wars. Luke doesn't know. Mm-mm. Luke doesn't know what the Jedis are. He doesn't know what the Force is. He doesn't know what... Uh, he didn't really even know what the Empire is, really. He's just like a... I think he just wanted to join the Rebellion just to get off of Tatooine. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Like, no, this place sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got blue milk and sand. That's about it. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's dozens of other things that we could yeah. you know, list off. But, like... They know. say something in Rick and Morty. Oh, my God. Whatever. They're uh, 
the Vindicators. You've seen, I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty like that, but it's a it's a play on the the Avengers, and like they're talking about, they need Morty there to be the like uninspiring youth, wide eyed youth, so that they can explain everything to him. <laughs> <laughs> like that's your purpose. You're here to, for the exposition. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so. great. I I think I s- stopped some t- somewhere around season three. It, I don't um, remember what it is. Shortly just, after the Szechuan yeah. sauce debacle, that was, that was that was a bad time in the world's history. Yeah, like, that was that made me embarrassed to say I liked the show. Yeah, and I just never got back into it. I didn't start until after that. Yeah, I dove into this after being like poked and prodded. And people like, no, you would like it. You would like it. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it out. Not yeah. that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So like, there was a whole Szechuan sauce thing, and then Big Rick, and I was like, they were bad. I, I was like, I, I hate the Szechuan sauce thing. I hate Pickle Rick. Yeah. I don't like that episode. Especially and if you're only exposed on like message boards like Reddit or like iFunny. I used to be on iFunny like yeah. in 2016 or whatever it was. And if that's all you saw yeah, was the worst of the worst. Like, no, fuck this. This guy fucking suck. And then, <laughs> and then Rick and Morty fans, like like the like the stereotypical ones that you see mm-hmm. all over the internet. Like, yeah. A lot of them are just really insufferable. Like people who like are on like the Rick and Morty like groups that I see. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a, it's a good show, sure, but you guys you fucking got, suck. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I kind of feel like is kind of the, the case with most fan groups yes. of things. Yeah. Um. Today or the last couple of days um, has been a really fun time to be somebody who enjoys Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. but hates Lord of the Rings fans mm. because they released some images from that new show. Good luck. And. Uh, People are so mad for the stupidest reasons. It's, uh, some of them yeah. are racist reasons. That's crazy. Um, and some of them are, this elf has short hair. Why does the elf have short hair? The lady dwarf doesn't have a beard. Why doesn't she have a beard? Lady dwarfs mm. are supposed to have beards. Which, like, yeah, it'd be more more appropriate to the books or whatever. But, like, Does it's Hollywood. Does it, do you yeah. really think they're going to, like, do that? They're, they're going to have to try to sell this, too. If you have yeah. to answer at every press run why do you have a beard in the show like, oh it's just how tolkien wrote it you yeah know? it's just it's yeah so um but anyways where were we at i don't know <laughs> <laughs> back to stephen king dark tower um um so um eddie is like if you go through that door and you don't take me once your body goes unconscious, I'm going to take your knife and I'm going to slit your throat. Yep. And uh, Roland's just kind of distracted watching um, watching Dada. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, bet. And goes through the door. Yeah. And uh, do it. <laughs> Eddie is dumbfounded. He's yeah. like, but I just said that I was going <laughs> to. I promised you I was going to. Yeah. And, and, and you still. What? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> and he screams after him into the door. Watch. Oh, that's up. Just closed down. Sorry. Oh, my, oh, fa- my video finally got done processing. So last nice. week's video just got done processing while we're recording. So a little behind the uh, <laughs> inside the actress studio. What do you call it? Yeah. Whatever. It gets to a point, And the king does the thing that all fucking writers do. We're at the. Is he going to kill him? What's going to happen? He's about to jump into it. August 1959. Motherfucker. Yeah. I underlined it and said, asshole. Why do we have to go back? <laughs> right. I wanted to hear what's going on. What's going on to Macy's? Is Roland going to be killed? All that, right? But this is one of my favorite parts. Yeah. So we're, um, we flash back to 1959, um, you know, same date as the subway incident. 
And uh, but we're not with her. We're with uh, these two guys, Julio and George, who we started this bookish book, uh, Lady of Shadows, off with, right? Didn't we? No, that's uh, we Is this the first mention with. of them. Yeah, I really thought they were, I thought we'd already had like some, okay. Yeah, they don't come in until the very start of chapter two. Okay. Yep. Okay. I thought that they had like given us them talking about in the ambulance. I don't know, whatever. No, yeah, that's that's what's coming up, I think. Okay, so yeah, we have a a ambulance driver and a intern, correct? Yeah, he's a medical intern. He's going he's going to become a doctor. Yeah, uh, but right now they have him riding with paramedics. Um, like they have some new program at the hospital where they're riding with the paramedics like eight hours a week. And I want to say that just having that insight. In okay, this paragraph right here, right? George was one of 16 interns at Sisters of Mercy and one of eight assigned to a new program called Emergency Ride. The theory was that an intern riding with a couple of paramedics could, could sometimes make the difference between life and death in an emergency situation. George knew that most drivers in Paris thought that wet behind the ears interns were as likely to kill red blankets as save them, but George thought maybe it worked. That seems so familiar to the job of being like a an ambulance driver. How? How does it? How does he make that work? Right. Uh, what the? A red blanket. Obviously, that's a term that we could. Red blanket probably means they're all bloody. Something's happening bad to them. And I think that's just a really good strength of King, who, from my knowledge, worked in like a textile mill, was a teacher for like two years, and then wrote Carrie. He's been writing books ever since. Yeah. So like he doesn't have this like massive experience with blue collar workers, but he can write from their point of view so well. Right. And it's like, did you go out and interview some paramedics for? you know, less than a chapter's worth of content. He, and he very well might have. Yeah. I don't know. I know that like anytime that there is a worker, it seems like these workers are real people. You yeah. know, that they can, they don't feel as heroic or anything. Like, this doesn't feel like a main character being written about right here. It's just like a person, just a story mm-hmm. and something wild that happened in their fucking life at one time. And I don't know. He just pulls me in as a reader whenever, uh, he brings in all these like just terminologies of like the red blankets, the DRT or dead right there. And these little things that he can do with just work. Something yeah. that consumes, you know, a third of our life and he's great at it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then is this when we find out about, or when he talks about the airplane, the airplane. Um, so he, there was like a, uh, George thinks about how like there was a, a plane crash Mm. And um, it was awful. We get some classic, some classic Stephen King gore in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just all these dead bodies. I think there's like maybe three or four survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just saw this awful, terrible thing. And he thinks about how like most people wouldn't want to be, you know, they'd probably leave the profession after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. And he thinks this this situation might have freaked him out more. Yeah, and that's and that, like if you could take this, you could take anything. I even put brackets around that whole uh, airplane thing. I said that's short story worthy to me. Yeah, that just the the way that he dealt with that and like just the carnage and you don't think about first responders' experience much in that. Like, oh, they're there to do their job. They're trained in this, but how that could have an effect on someone, I think, was really good. But, yeah, and he didn't. He thought that this subway incident was worse than that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i uh yeah it's a little hard to believe but yeah. you know um so they, they they talk about what happened um 
Odetta was about to get on the subway and uh, someone behind her just pushed her onto the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, she was able to crawl away enough um, so that only her legs got cut off by the train. Um, and, um, but you know, the train, they take forever to stop. He couldn't have stopped in time. There's nothing that the poor driver could have done. Mm-hmm. Imagine how fucked up that would make him. Like the person yeah, driving the train. Yeah. Um, uh, and so this kid calls 911 while um, an older lady jumps onto the tracks. She makes like a, a makeshift tourniquet out of like her, her do-rag that she's wearing. Mm-hmm. And then she takes like a belt from some guy who's reluctant to give it up. Too. Yeah. He's like, oh, she's like, give me, your, give me your belt. Yeah. Motherfucker. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she, she slows the loss of blood enough that uh, once the ambulance gets there, she, Odette is still living. Mm-hmm. Um, and George um, is able to, you know, he's, he's the medical intern with them. So he goes in there and he like ties off a bunch of veins and arteries. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they get her off of the um, off the tracks and in, up and into the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, as they're getting her out, she uh, asks, "You know, did they get him? Did they catch him?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I don't know. They didn't. They didn't tell me at least. You know, just yeah. the doctor." <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, yeah. save your life. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then she passes out. Um. And once he gets her into the ambulance, he gives her a shot um, of medicine to keep her knocked out until they get to the hospital. Because someone loses their legs, you don't want them freaking out. <laughs> no, you don't no. need them moving around yeah. or like you just tied off arteries and shit. Like, I don't know if that means a literal fucking knot or like a clamp. Like that's just, yeah. So, and it's is that is that them just jumping between consciences? Is like, oh, Odetta gets the shot, so Odetta comes out. Um, I don't, I don't think so because. They they come out of it together around the same time. They keep mm-hmm. like kind of it's kind of like a tennis match. They keep like bouncing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the, I think it says they're about like six blocks away from the from the hospital or something when she comes back to consciousness. Mm-hmm. And he's surprised because it should have lasted a lot longer. Yeah. Um. And first it's Odetta and she's like, she's like, oh, am I okay? What's what happened? Did I did I lose my legs? Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know. In the blink of an eye, Detta comes out, and she's yelling, she's screaming obscenities, like talking about, did they, did they get that the honky motherfucker? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and she's like, you know, violently trying to like move around, and uh, then she switches back to Detta or Odetta, and uh, she's calm, yeah. and um, George realizes like she doesn't realize she's just doing this, yeah. Um, Cause it happens a few times where it bounces back and forth and uh, the other paramedics are like, give her another shot. Like, holy, something's freaking us out. Give her another shot. Yeah. Man. Knock her out. I got yeah. yeah, I don't want to deal with this. Um, And he's like, like, no, I don't want to make her OD on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually she passes back out. Um, But she scared the hell out of him the whole yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> just hopping back and forth between these two personalities, um, between this unbridled rage and then this just calm quietness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know these references, but I wanted to start where I had <clears throat> it underlined. 
yeah. where King says it was crazy. She talked like a cartoon black woman. Butterfly McQueen and Looney Tunes. I don't know who Butterfly McQueen is. Yeah, I haven't heard of that before. But I wrote down in here, does awareness of you being racist take away the fault of you being racist? Right. Like, Because like the, the paragraph above that, I'm not going to read that. No. <laughs> Me neither. I, I tried to not allude to it in my notes at all even definitely <laughs> like i felt like i felt like i'd be bad just writing about it and it's it's funny to read just because it's a funny way to talk but it has certain connotations that are right not great so yeah and um so so basically since we're not going to say it but um the way that Detta talks when she's talking is very um like a like a minstrel show kind of thing, yeah. like like a stereotype, like um, you know, they they talk about the lady in Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Um it's very over the top. Um and people comment on it a few times being like, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. Um and you know, it, it's obvious what's supposed to be going on is like um Odetta has, you know, created this other persona in her head who is su- supposed to be these stereotypes supposed to be these um you know things that um i think she's like you know created Detta to be what people or what she thinks people expect of her Mm -hmm. i think is what's supposed to be going on Mm -hmm. um i feel on if you ground even saying that though yeah um but like they do at least point out that like she doesn't naturally talk like this. She's doing something weird. It felt like a if this section was written by a person of color, I think you could be like, okay, we can dig into like what this might mean, right? Like what they're trying to use as an allegory in this. But now it's like a white guy in the '80s is writing for a black woman and like trying to maybe play on self fulfilling profit of racism. It's like I don't know how to. I don't know if I even want to try to analyze this. Right. Because if there's nothing there, it's just kind of perpetuating that the white guy has it right. Like, even something like this was like, oh, yes, this is trying to say, like, you know, like this like, is what. He, he tries to justify it, but he, like. He does try, but it, yeah. it's still things like a swing and a miss to me. Yeah. And I'm happy that it doesn't go too long, too many spurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, until we get to chapter four. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, every night that they go to sleep, I'm sitting there waiting for Odetta to come back just as much as they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god, get this girl out of here! Right, um, so tired of her. Yeah, and it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, if we we like to talk about like you know if we were making that adaptation, mm-hmm. this section would have to be changed a lot. You'd have. I'm gonna. We'll get back to that. I, I want to <laughs> have a, a conversation about just what time period would you pull Eddie and Susanna from yeah. in today's world. I think it'd be great to have Jake from today. Yeah. Uh, Eddie from, I don't know, before 9-11. Yeah. And then maybe uh, Odetta from the 80s or something like that. Yeah. Something with that like kind of split, you know? So you could have the this is the first world connection with Jake to bring us, the audience, in in the first book. And then have Eddie in there. But okay, yeah, I remember late 90s. No, maybe it's Frosted Tips. It'd be fucking hilarious, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It'd be fucking great, you That know? would be amazing. <laughs> Boy band Eddie. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> You're wearing like a mesh tank top. It'd be, it'd be no. great. Clamshell necklace. Yes. 
All right. Oh, uh, before we even go any further, you know who, like, whenever they first started talking about this, who once wanted to play Eddie and, like, was pushing for it online uh, back, like, five, six, seven, eight years ago? Who? Uh, I can't remember his actual Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Jesse. Okay. He loves this role and has always wanted to play Eddie. I could see that. And, like, a Today version, you know, maybe yeah. a different year. He, I don't think he'd fit, you know, the 80s Brooklyn, but... Yeah. I think he'd be great. I love that dude. I yeah. I think I was I was bracing myself for like something bad. Yeah. But like, no, I could see that. I Absolutely. Could see, I, I think it'd be great. I yeah. think it'd be a great Eddie. He'd be fun to yeah. at least uh he he's he's got really good like range too. Like I've seen him do a lot of different roles. For sure. Um and he also does ha- like he's really good at comedy. Um he voices like one of my favorite animated characters of all time. Who's that? Um have you ever watched Bojack Horseman? I've seen it. I don't. I've watched it. Um, he voices Todd, the uh, like the guy who lives on Bojack's couch. Oh, okay. Um, like I fucking love Todd. Um, he, you know how you can like change your profile picture on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that Todd's my profile. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Cool. So yeah, yeah, you really do like Aaron. Yeah. Aaron Paul. Yeah. Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's a. Uh... On the same on the same page here right now, Roland. I'm gonna jump forward just a little bit, but I'll ask you another question. We now switch back after all this about her losing her legs and Detta coming to the surface and kind of getting her her real birth. You know, Detta, because I don't believe that the we talk about later about the brick hitting her when she was a kid. That might be like her conception. This is her birth. This yeah, is they, what's happening. They talk about how she'd been around before yeah. the incident, but. Never nearly as much. Yeah, and this is where she started actually taking over probably for weeks, months, whatever, or days, whatever it may be. Yeah. But Odetta feels, Odetta feels a presence in her mind. And she screamed because the invading, raping presence was a honky. Do you still picture Idris Elba? Well, <laughs> like, I know factually that it's not. I just, but... if you, in your own head canon, do you still picture... Uh, you... Like... I did after that still because I was like I was like I know that it's not yeah but like that's, no, that's, awesome. that's, you that's what I've had cool. you know had established <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> I just have to know like I just have to remember that like it's not but and, and all this isn't that important to the story but it's just like it's it's just like the the lady dwarves having a beard yeah. it doesn't matter but it is in here and and I um I do remember like when I was reading this I I had a you know a memory of uh seeing like this movie being announced and like reading through comment sections and people being like, but he's not supposed to be black. Yeah. And there's, it's important later on in one of the books. And I was this like, is it. yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And I was that's like, a, all they'd have to change is that she could just be mad that they're men. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. And uh, just, um, and like, even then I was like, it can't be that important. It's like, not it's, like, <laughs> Like the fact that there's a, a black elf in the new Lord of the Rings. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, oh no! What what are we gonna do? <laughs> I saw a hot take off to tell you about later. It's, okay. it's amazing. <laughs> what a, about fantasy? Just a, one tangent. Elves and humans are different races. Like different are they different species? Pretty yeah, they're different species. species. All humans are the same species. We just yeah. come in different colors. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. So what if elves could be black? You could have a fucking uh, Latino-looking mix uh, elf, you know? Like yeah. They're just different fucking colors. Right. Different shades. You and I are different shades. Yeah. We're not the same color. 
ah, just racism so fucking stupid. <laughs> it sure is, man. It's so dumb. Like, oh, these elves have to be white and blonde hair. Why? Why? Yeah. Why can't they have different color hair? We have different color hair. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, and we we get um after um you know they get they get her to the hospital. Um, we cut back to George and Julio's conversation, and uh, Julio's like, "Well, who's gonna help her now?" And George's like, "Well, you know, I did everything I could." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, if that's everything you could do, you probably should just let her die." You could do more for her. Jesus, he uh, said that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't um, catch that. I don't remember exactly where it was at, but uh, he he made George feel like crap for you know letting other doctors take over for uh for him. Yeah, if you already gave her all the help you could give her, you should have let her die, Doc. Maybe that he just meant like help in like the overall life sense. Yeah, I don't know, but like that, that's what I was thinking too. Like. You know, I think he's trying to say that, like, you should still be in there with her. You should still, like, help her out as best as you can instead hmm. of letting somebody else take, yeah, take control. You're familiar with the situation, yeah. Um, but we uh, we don't spend any more time exploring that because that's the last we see of Julio and George. Yep, for now. Good. I don't know if they show up later. But... He had places to go. That's, yeah. that's the end of it. We walked out of the story and out of our lives. <laughs> and uh, he does feel guilty about it because he's like, shit, okay, damn. Yeah, like, yeah, I guess you're right. I probably could have done more, right? It's technically not my job. Like, I did what I was supposed to do. And he's unpaid. Yeah. Fuck you. It's like, I kept her alive to get to the hospital where she can go to the ER and, you know, another doctor can. Yeah. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's their job. Yeah. We got you here. You're alive. You got a pulse. That's what what I'm supposed to do as a paramedic. Yep. I think Julio was being kind of a dick. Yeah. So we jump back into the time of the drawing. Which is like a mini title in a subchapter right, of it's, a book. It's like a, <laughs> like a paragraph. Yeah. Even. Yeah, it's strange. So we jump. We're in a uh, Odetta's head. No, we're Odetta's technically because she's active. Yeah, we just we get like a paragraph or maybe two from King, um, kind of summarizing and like being like, well, Odetta's mostly in control, but Detta shows up again or now and again, and she's been showing up more and more lately. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole. I can't even remember what the little section was called, but that's just about it, wasn't it? Uh, the the last one, the the weird little like thing at the top of section five where it doesn't break up for me. It's just it, it rolls right on into the yeah. That's what it did for me. So I was like, okay, I was like, I think that's all it is. It's just like that couple paragraphs or something. Yeah, it's weird. I could do it, sure. Because then it goes back into the story. Yeah, it was like Stephen King like took us aside for a paragraph. He's like, oh, okay, well. Let me explain it to you. Okay, now back in the This is what happened. Okay, now we're back. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, she's stealing shit from Macy's. Okay, not, okay, I see what you're saying now. It is really unclear. Kind of weird. Okay. Yeah. So, she's stealing stuff from Macy's, and she gets she's going to get caught. Yeah, because, again, she screamed as soon as Roland entered her head. Yeah. Um, which made me think of how you asked me last time, like, do you think that Eddie would have been caught if Roland hadn't showed up? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know about that, but like, Detta definitely wouldn't have been caught if Roll didn't show up. <laughs> She'd been just fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe not being split personality, whatever you want to call it, with her <laughs> Odetta or Detta just being absolutely nuts. She probably wanted to get herself killed before long. Yeah. Um, but the uh, floor walker who had been talking to her before turns and sees her shoving stuff into her purse, mm-hmm. and uh, so she screams for the security guard. I was like, Macy's has a security guard. Weird, right? <laughs> 
I think Macy's used to be kind of a upscale shop. Yeah. Especially in like New York, like the Macy's store was kind of crazy. Yeah. So I think that might, I mean, shit, they have a whole fucking parade. And like, I don't go to Macy's now. That's, that's true. I'm not going to shop at fucking Macy's. <laughs> go to JCPenney. It's better right. than Macy's. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the security guard like runs after her and, um, you know, we, we get that like, uh, he's like a former cop mm. and uh, he, he's annoyed that he's going to have to like bust her because it's going to be a shit bust because mm. anytime they have to like bust a child or a nun or I think he says, yeah, a child, a nun or a cripple, they're always shit busts to make the make the cop look bad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't need help for that. No, <laughs> no, no. I like how he falls, and the, his first instinct is to pull his gun out and shoot her. <laughs> right. So Roland takes over and like makes her turn around the chair really quick and yeah. start heading towards like the the dressing rooms. And she drops her purse and he trips over it. And he's like, oh, "No, I can't do that." Cops. But I can use it to yeah. scare her, so yeah. he keeps it out. Yeah, just a just a bad. <laughs> like, oh, like man, you suck. You're just a bad character. Yeah, I, I hate you. I was impressed at how good Roland was at working in a wheelchair. Right. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was surprised that he didn't try to like hop up and run or something like that yeah. would have been his first instinct. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That, uh, he just instinctively knew. And it, a sentence would have made me feel a little better. Right. Roland was there. He was in control. He realized he had, his legs were gone. He, he could, he could understand cause he was missing fingers on the other side, you know, whatever yeah. it could be. And he started rolling the wheels. Oh, this is pretty simple. Yeah, but uh, instead of that, he um, he just he runs or he rolls towards the uh, the dressing room, and like you know slams the door behind him, and the the guard comes up and has his gun drawn, and he kicks open the door because um, he expected it to be locked, and it's empty, and then like the uh, floor walker starts looking at the other ones because she figures he must have gotten the wrong door, and we get a. Super funny scene of a lady yelling at her for being a pervert. Yeah, super funny. Yeah. Ha ha he he. Yeah. I was like, what does this have? Nothing. It, it would just been one of those things that would probably would have made the movies in the eighties. You know, yeah. you had to include it. Yeah. I do think that if this was ever brought to screen, it'd be really cool to have the air pressure difference with the doors. I think that'd be cool. Maybe. Like pressurized cabin. You open a door to a beach. The air pressure is going to be different there. Yeah. That wind at wind in or wind out would just be an interesting thing to show. Okay, like they go on the Macy's, and you see like wind just whoo, and like he could smell the beach or something. You could hear a fucking seagull for a second in Macy's. That would be cool, yeah. And then it's gone. Yeah. And, then, well, and there's nobody in there. It's like, what the fuck just happened? They tell like what happened, you know? Yeah, That's we, a cool effect to kind of show this. And we could even see like maybe like the door like puff for just a little bit, like not enough to open it, but like we can Oh see, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe you see like some garment that I was left that kinda of went up and it floats down. You know? Yeah. It'd be awesome. I would like that, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a cool little effect that I mean I don't know how you could work that like a second pressurized cabin in an airplane. That's probably where it'd be very. Yeah, that'd make things a little fucky. Would it just be? Pre- I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the physics of that works, but I think it'd be it'd be a fun effect, especially in this scene. Yeah. That maybe it, get, it got windy and it's windy on the other side, and that's it. That's the whole thing. And then there's, there's sand remnants, whatever. But, Ooh, yeah, sand on the floor. That would be really cool. Yeah. What the fuck just happened? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and. Uh, we we get a little bit of Roland's perspective. He's like horrified. Says he's horrified by the snake bit of hate and revulsion in which he's found himself. Mm-hmm. And so like we, you know, we already got this idea before, but we, you know, know now that Detta is hate and anger for sure. Did they 
already talked about what it was like to be in Eddie's mind versus what it was like. Okay, that's here in a couple pages. I'll leave that because leave that that's an amazing <laughs> way to think about it. So yeah. they come through and we lose Detta in, in the switch. You yeah. know, just right. I, I think she kind of goes into hiding. I think she's a little more in control than Odetta is, where she can go into hiding and everything. So, like, oh shit. Yeah. And, and we learn, you know, something later. But Roland is like, something happened as I was going through the door. Something happened with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he can't remember what it was for some reason. Which is just the author fucking tempting you. Right. God damn it, King. It, it's just him dangling a little piece of. I know what I'm doing here, but you don't. Yeah. It's like the opposite of dramatic irony. Like, he's fucking with us. Yeah. <laughs> the characters kind do kind of know, but the author definitely does. But uh, I'll, I do like how whenever Roland comes back, it just kind of zaps him into his body. I forget that. That he's yeah. now just awake in Eddie's hands, you know, like ready to get his throat cut. And uh, um, because of that, she just, like, kind of rolls forward a little bit. And, like, nothing stops her except for, you know, uh, inertia and yeah. the sand. She just so she rolls forward for about like four feet because yeah. suddenly like she's not pushing herself anymore. Yeah, Roland's just gone. So like that yeah. force that was pushing her, or I, or I guess yeah, it wasn't from behind. It was her hands were yeah. pushing her. But and so she just like yeah. stopped and is like trying to figure out what's going on as she's like rolling forward. Yeah. And uh, so now we're on chapter three, and Roland is like, or Roland has a paragraph where he's thinking, you know, most people if they had been taken. From whatever that establishment was and brought to a weird beach. Uh, we'll probably be freaking out, asking, where am I? What are you doing? Why did you bring me here? Um, but not her. No. And then we get like a line from her where she just looks at Eddie and she's like, what are you planning on doing with that, with that knife, young man? Yeah. like That's That's got to be a way to, like, Odetta has experienced blanks before. Yeah. So she this isn't a new thing for her to awake somewhere else. Yeah. You know? She hides it from herself in denial or whatever it may be. But yeah. Then Roland, yeah, what are you planning to do with that knife? <laughs> little, little sass from Roland. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, um, you know, the, the two of them are getting a little bit more buddy-buddy. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, we see them kind of joke around with each other a little bit. And so I, I, I imagine him saying that, like, really sarcastically. Like, yeah, yeah what are you planning to do? Because <laughs> he's already won. Like, you're not going to yeah. kill me now. Like, right. you know. um, <laughs> And then... Uh, Eddie just like tosses the knife away into the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when Odetta starts having questions. She asks, you know, where is this? Um, who who pushed me here? How, yeah. how can I be here? How am I dressed? I was just in my robe watching the news. Yeah. Who, who am I? Yeah. Where am I? Who are you? Yeah. Who am I? And uh, yeah, they both focus in on the fact that she just asked, who am I? Yeah. That's not a question you ask. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it was just like in the middle of her questions too. So it's like, you know, I kind of imagine her saying these like really fast, mm-hmm. like just one after the other mm-hmm. and like where that could, that could get lost. But you know, both of the characters are like, wait, what? What'd you just say? <laughs> why, why, why'd you ask that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get to Eddie's perspective. He, um, he's really confused. He doesn't understand why she doesn't, uh, she doesn't, you know, remember the store. Mm-hmm. Um, Roland's already figured it out somehow, but um, yeah. Uh, but Eddie is like, you know, he he was watching it through her point of view. Um, and this is when we get that other line. So he's seeing her being rolled around, um, you know, in the chair. Everything's level, and so like, 
you know, he's just seeing the movements forward. He's like, oh, this reminds me of that scene from The Shining where the little kid's on his tricycle going through the halls. I was like, does it? Stephen King. <laughs> did you really? Did you just did you just do that, buddy? He really did. He mentions it's it's not the only time he does it in his yeah. works. Well just mention things. I um I could see some people being really annoyed by that. I died laughing. Did like, you? It was hilarious <laughs> to me. I was like I was like, I respect that. That is great. For sure. And I guess like I mean, like Kubrick's like cinematography was groundbreaking in The Shining. Yeah. So referring to that isn't that far fetched for someone right like Eddie. You know, like if you didn't know that Stephen King was also the author of that book, yeah. like it would make total sense for. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's what's happening. Like yeah, yeah Steadicam. I get that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's uh... a. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like you smarmy fuck. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> and then, um, you know, he as. As she's coming back through and the door's opened, he uh, he sees himself from her point of view. He sees himself, you know, from someone else looking at him. Mm-hmm. And, like, he gets really existential for a little bit. Like, this was, like, mind-blowing for him. And I can which, see that. Which is strange, because we can do it right here. Yeah, that's true. And it's not that strange to me. Yeah. But I could see maybe with a door and maybe if you're strung out on heroin. <laughs> But yeah, like we have a view, a constant view of, of ourselves right here that doesn't, it's uncomfortable to look at because I don't like looking at myself. <laughs> but like that, that's, it's not existential dread. Like, oh my God, like that's yeah, me like, there. I'm yeah. in the TV. <laughs> um, and then he says like, as they came through the door, like froze like a picture for a little bit and then it mm-hmm. folded in on itself. How do you imagine that happening? I imagine it kind of like, imploding a little bit where it just like yeah like just sucks in i uh um, i don't like the first door it like turned into an old-timey wooden door and just fell over right yeah i was like that's strange that this one didn't do that same thing yeah. so i wonder if we're gonna get like a third effect for the third door or something yeah i imagine like a small black hole sucking it in yeah like, stretch out and go into a point of absolute nothingness right it was gone yeah. like, oh, okay that's pretty cool too uh and now Odette is crying, um, yeah. asking like where she is and what's going on. And uh, Roland doesn't say anything. He just gets up and goes to grab his knife from where Eddie threw it. Mm-hmm. And Eddie gets pissed. For he's real. Like, he's like, you goddamn monster robot. Like, just tell her what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, You're nothing but a goddamn machine. Yeah. Before that, I want to get into this. One of my favorite quotes from Roland so far. He said, being in Eddie's mind had been like being in a room with jittery, sweating walls. Being in the ladies had been like lying naked in the dark while venomous snakes crawled all over you. Holy shit. <laughs> What's more off-putting? Jittery, sweating walls is weird to me. Yeah, like, just, ugh, That's so gross. Yeah. But then, okay, Pit of Snakes is pretty bad, too. I think the Pit of Snakes would have to be worse, but like sure. neither one is good. <laughs> walls moving is weird. Right. <laughs> and I'm not thinking sweating like... You've been in a basement and it's hot down there, and like the concrete walls will start, like you know, like just catching, yeah, like condensation. Yeah, I'm thinking more like pale white skin, sweaty. Ugh. Ugh. It's like <laughs> I, I I dosed a little bit too much, yeah. and everything is who moving around. I am not having fun. This is not a good time. Yeah. Uh, how much micro is in that micro dose? <laughs> um, and um. We go back to Roland's head, and he's like, thinking about he's 
purposely being slow, trying to give himself time to think, think about what just happened, figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. And um, he realizes that when she came through the door, she became a completely different person. She's not who he was in control of. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't know why. But he, he knows somehow that that happened. Yeah. And this is when he says that he remembers that something else happened as they were coming through the door. But he didn't know what. Yeah. That's the tease right there. Yeah. And as, as Roland and Eddie's ro- yelling at Roland, but Roland's sitting there thinking, Roland has some great insight into what makes a person. Yeah. Because he, his brother is dead, but he has someone else to take care of. So Eddie will be all right now. Yeah. That's a, a wild leap to take for someone like Roland, but maybe he does have that kind of assessment of another person. Yeah. He could just do that. And Eddie did also kind of tell him that about himself. Oh, I need to be needed. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that does give him a little bit of information that yeah. he, he now has someone else that needs him. And what a, with Dada not in the scene, Odetta would be a perfect person for A to take care of. She is pleasant, but she has something that she, she literally has to be pushed. Yeah. Here in this world, you know, with this heavy fucking wheelchair. So, I think Eddie is kind of coming out on top of this drawing so far. <laughs> <laughs> I have something highlighted, and if you want to go ahead, I'm going to read over it for a second. Just remember what it was, because I have a whole half of a page okay. lined out. But go ahead. Um, so, so what we have next is um, Eddie realizes that, you know, Roland's being a, like he says, a goddamn machine. So, he goes to comfort Odetta. And, um, you know, they, they talk for a little bit. He kind of um tells her like what's going on um but he he assures her uh, i wrote this line down because it's really funny he's like you're gonna be just fine as long as you like lobster (laughs) (laughs) and um uh roland kind of has his feelings hurt a little bit being called a a machine um but then he thinks about it more and he's like he's kind of right yeah he's kind of right i um i'm going to go on with brutal relentlessness towards my goal of the tower um, and not stop to think about other people along the way. I couldn't do what Eddie's doing now. I want to, but I, I can't comfort people like that. That's what I had highlighted. And it has probably a lot more that I could talk about, like the end of Roland's arc, you know, with this, this journey that I would want to reflect on. So it's not enough. I don't want to say anything now, just, just in case like there's a hint of a spoiler there. Yeah. So that's where, I'll probably leave that there, but him wanting to love, interesting thing to me. Yeah. That he he wants that. And it's not that he needs it. He he operates on needs. We said that earlier. He 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 fills his gun with ammo. He fills his body with energy to do a thing. Yeah. You know? And he is a machine in that sense. But the fact that he has a want that it, it won't be life or death, but he wants to love. He wants to care for someone else. That's that's an interesting step for this character that was very machine-like, yeah. you know, the first 400 pages we've had him. And it makes me wonder if, you know, um, his character arc will involve him giving up what he needs mm-hmm. for what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, is he going to give up his quest for the Dark Tower or mm-hmm. screw himself over for the Dark Tower because he wants to love? I know that whenever these books were being written, whenever, like, he's getting his crew together, he's like, King says in the beginning of his books, he's like, I don't know if one or none of these characters, one, all, or none of these characters are going to make it to the Dark Tower. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's important to keep in mind with these 
I don't know if we're necessarily getting new main characters, but it's more like the book series in the Cold Woman. The book series called The Dark Tower. Yeah. It's like things may happen that you remember that like it's a it's a different it's a different way of storytelling i'm not saying that like oh roland's gonna die the next page not gonna i'm not gonna fucking happen you know but like the f- fact that that might be the case yeah like that i think it's interesting you know that he doesn't he was the titular character in the first book but he's not the title of the series you know if frodo were to die lord of the rings could have still went on it didn't have to be this guy you know if there's more yeah obviously it did have to be him because of the, the circumstances that they got themselves into but if you could have wrote that that way. Oh, it's just interesting to think that way. I probably said way too much things that were like very vague. It didn't make any sense at all. But, you know, hearing about a year and a half when we finish this <laughs> fucking series, we'll come back and talk about it. It's going to be great. Give me some things to, you know, hashtag thonk about. Yeah, for sure. Thonk about it. Thonk it up. So, <laughs> um, And so he, um, he kind of scares himself with that thought about, um, you know, not being able to comfort people like Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, he says here, like, if you've given up your heart for the tower, Roland, you have already lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay. So that makes me, you know, think that even more now that maybe, like, he, like, gives up or falters on his quest for the Dark Tower. Or, like, I don't know. Maybe something will change. Yeah, for sure. I cannot wait until <laughs> I can n- not tippy-toe around spoilers because there's... Right. There's so, so much, much that I'm even learning now about this fucking series. So, keep going. <laughs> that is what I had highlighted was all that. And I think that's an important thing that if I, some reason in my life, remember to come back to this exact page. You know, we're talking about like the end of the series. Yeah. It might be fun just to think about that in book two. He's talking about just Roland's once. You know, that he has, he has other motives besides just the Dark Tower that he might want to think about having a family, finding someone to love, being able to comfort people that, you know, interpersonal relations can be important to him. Yeah. We'll find that out later, later books, but, um, and then, so Eddie starts telling, uh, Odetta the story so far, minus the shootout. He didn't want to tell her about that. Um, and Roland realizes that, you know, he's comforting her. He is doing what needs to be done. Um, and so like they kind of go on about how, he and Eddie have been taking turns getting the, going to the, get the fresh water. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll do it today. It's your turn, but I'll do it today. Yeah. Uh, he didn't even say anything. He just takes the water bags and goes, mm-hmm. or the water skins. And uh, I think he's already feeling like a third wheel. <laughs> I have some stuff to say about that. Um, <laughs> and so after Eddie like fills her in, tells her what's going on, tells her the situation, she just says no. No. Yeah. And he's like, what, what do you mean, no? Oh, just, no. I, uh, no, this isn't happening. No, it's not. Like, you just told me no. No. Um, that's frustrating as shit to me. Like, oh my God. <laughs> right. I just tried to be so nice and explain to you in every detail. No. Mm. She is like, no, um, I'm in a coma dreaming. Yeah. Uh, this isn't real. This isn't, I'm not actually here. And, she uh, she feels like oh I never actually le- left Oxford. One of the cops hit me uh, yeah. inside the head with the billy club, and I've just been in a coma ever since. Yep. And um, Eddie is really frustrated by this. She's like, no, I've I've been in a coma when I was five. Um, she was in the coma for three weeks. 
Um, she's like, I dreamed a lot then. Um, they're very weird dreams. This must be the same thing now. Yeah. And uh, so Eddie's like, well, what happened? Why are you, why are we in a coma? And she, she tells him this kind of long story um, about how she went to New Jersey with her parents. Um, they tried to get a cab, but the cab driver, um, once he pulled up and saw there were a black family that he sped away and didn't pick them up. Um, so they're like, oh, no, that's fine. We'll just walk, trying to be positive in front of their kid. And uh, as they're walking, she gets hit in the head with a brick. Yeah. And Eddie even asked, like, was it, did it just happen or were you bombarded? Were you, was it somebody dropping on you? And like, we don't really, she's like, we don't really know. Um, yeah. it, you know, the people said it could have been an accident. Yeah. Um, that's what my mom chose to go with. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like it. Maybe not. I mean, that's awfully, it's a good shot though, too. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's a, she has some bad fucking luck. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And uh, it's interesting that she, well, she was so, like, so cool with understanding that she had a coma at once. So this is it. This is what's happening. She won't even admit what was in her dreams when saying that they were vivid like this right now. Yeah. And Eddie is so good at poking holes in this. I, lo- I want to bring that up because he's like, like, well, you're not taking into account. What if it's my dream? What if you're not real? What if all your, your, what, what, what about, what if that? Yeah. And then also, like, you remember coming home from Oxford. You remember watching the news? Like, what if? And she's like, no, no. And she ends up getting like relatively mad at him about that. Oh, like, yelling yeah. at him, yeah. Yeah, they 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 get into it. Um, and um, while they're talking, Eddie realizes he is falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, it has been fifteen minutes. I know that you've been stranded with uh, Roland here for a while, and it's just been the two of you for a lot for you know over a week now. But mm-hmm. like can't be that thirsty bud like, it's been 15 minutes the entirety of romeo and juliet happens like 36 hours so okay yeah that's they, they meet and they're married the next morning so yeah that's true um <laughs> but i was just like god damn dude like, falling in love with her maybe being like oh she's neat no, I like oh, her. Like, oh yeah like oh my oh i'm feeling i'm feeling the vibes you yeah. know <laughs> yeah but falling in love with her maybe i could see I think that was just too strong of a phrasing for sure. From King? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think that, and they repeated a few times, um, but like, I, I was like, I think you got a crush on her. Yeah. Well, you might think she's a real, a real neat lady. Yeah. But. Real positive gal. Yeah. But like, I am in love with you. I don't know. I don't know about that one, but. I don't know either. Maybe it is romantic. I yeah. can see him being romantic. Yeah. The way that, um, I mean. That's real romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Romantic plus no ads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're like only sixty pages through, or like one hundred and thirteen pages, and I think we've been recording for a while. Yeah, um, pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, so um, you know, Eddie tells her like, or she's like, oh, I don't even wear jewelry. Why would, why would I be selling from a jewelry store? Mm-hmm. He's like, look at your hands, and she has like three or four rings on. Yeah, and uh, so she starts to getting a headache. And she's like, just leave me alone. Stop talking. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he presses a little bit more. He calls her Detta, um, just yeah. trying to shorten her name. And she like screams at him over that. She does not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, fine. Okay. Yeah. I see Roland coming back. Just I'll, I'll fuck off. Yeah. Um, Roland 
and him talk for a little bit and uh he tells like he he can tell that Roland's looking a little bit rough right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roland's like, yeah, I think the sickness is coming back. And he's like, okay, we probably didn't have enough medicine. We just fought it back. We didn't kill the infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roland's like, hey, before we go back, I need to tell you what I figured out about this lady. Mm-hmm. Um, she is two people in one body. And I know that you've already fallen in love with her. How did he get that vibe? How did he get that vibe? I have no idea. It's Ka. It's, it's Ka. I don't go. fucking know, you know? Let's just explain it somehow. Um, he's like, but be careful, because that other one, she's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So be on your guard tonight. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I got that. I got that for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. He says that she is as deadly as a lobstrosity. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. I, and I was like, okay, that's like, uh putting into his head like how much um but anyways later that night um roland you know he warns eddie that he needs to be on guard yep and uh eddie agreed but he didn't understand yeah so roland's like i'm gonna teach you a little lesson go ahead right? i see myself as quirks to this uh, new young gunslinger yep and so i'm gonna school you a little bit yeah um after eddie goes to sleep Roland, or after Eddie and uh, Anderdetta both go to sleep, Roland takes his guns and uh, takes out all the bullets and just puts like spent sh- spent casings in there. Spent shells. I thought that at first he just put ones that got wet. I was yeah. like, oh, that's a dangerous game, yeah. Roland, because yeah. we we don't get that information until after Detta's uh, portion, right? Because she checks it. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, I didn't want to say that. You said that. Uh, She's as dangerous as those lobster things that come out at night. We start calling her a dead chum. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> dead <a> chum. Yeah. <laughs> so we get back into uh, Detta's, Detta on the other side. And, oh, my God. And, like, she doesn't just, like, wake up. She, like, springs awake. Yeah. Like, she's in action, ready to go immediately. Um, she has all these fake memories about what happened. She's like, those two men, they tied me up. They called me racist names and made fun of me. Um, they cooked beef and taunted me with it while they tried to feed me poison. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, I want to kill him. Yeah. Uh, she sees Roland's gun belt and uh, she goes to and grabs a gun. She like crawls over to it and grabs the gun. And uh, she's like, okay, I want to take out this guy first and then i'll take out the the more dangerous guy feels a little reverse to me but you know whatever Maybe it's just like proximity wise it right it'd be harder to get over eddie to get to roland i don't know yeah um and so she she cocks the pistol and points it at eddie's head and then we find out that roland's not actually asleep mm-hmm. he, he's been playing possum the whole time mm-hmm. um and he's like I could intervene, but Eddie needs to learn this lesson. Which is wild. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. Um, and he says that, like, she reminds her of Martin. Or she reminds him of Martin. Yeah. I was like, oh. Oh, okay. That's not good. Yeah. To, yeah we don't need him back in the store. No. Um, definitely not in the party. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, we just opened the door, huh? You yeah. Yeah. And so she she pulls the trigger and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So she she screams, 
and like flips the gun around and she's gonna club Eddie in the head with it. Yep. Um and Roland again is watching this and he's like, I could intervene, but I'm gonna do nothing because mm-hmm. a child doesn't understand a hammer. Or he doesn't understand a hammer until he's missed his finger or he, until he's missed his finger. Mm-hmm. And um so um he also knows that though that like if Eddie doesn't react fast enough. She could hit him in the right spot and kill him. Yeah, and just like it'd be, and even says if she kills him, she kills you. Yeah, and Lauren's already given her like a little bit of like props. Because she he's watching her while he's sleeping, sleeping quote unquote. That she waits for the wind to bring to gust up so she could do like you know pull the hammer back or to open uh, the cylinder to see if there's bullets in there. And he thought here is another God. She's evil. This one. And she's legless, but she's a gunslinger, as surely as Eddie is one. Yeah. Made me feel really good about who he was pulling through these doors. Like, these aren't just useless characters that are... They might have... I don't think I don't know if they'll ever be as good as Roland, you know, at, at, at yeah. anything. But I think they have this capability that they are pulling... There's a reason. Why the fuck are they... Why are these doors here? Did the man in black set them up? Like, Yeah, we still don't have any. You know, like, like, who is giving... It does kind of feel like a man in black joke to give him a junkie, but has potential to be that. And so, yeah. to give a, a a crippled lady with a split mind, but she could be a gunslinger. You yeah. know, like you have to play your cards just right to beat the man in black. And, it's, and even if you, he supposedly died in the Golgotha. We don't really know. And kind of in any good fantasy or fiction, you don't see a body that's not dead. Right. You know, you saw bones in a place of bones. Where Roland slept for ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Like, uh, I think you know, you know, if you don't, if you don't see a corpse, there ain't a corpse. Exactly. Right. So you have to assume that maybe the man in black is still out there, or that this is just his his game that keeps on going. So, uh, um, go ahead. So Eddie does move um, enough so that she, instead of hitting him in the side of the head, um, she just cracks him in the jaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is when Roland's like, "Okay, I can step in now." Uh, he tackles her to the ground, and uh, you know she's yelling and screaming obscenities at them. And um, but they they get her, you know, restrained. It takes both of them to get her restrained mm-hmm. um, and get the gun away from her. They tie her up with like tie her wrists together with his gun belt, and then uh, he stole rope from the mule, which used to be a gun belt too. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> like, oh my god, this this leather has been around for so long. It used to be one of your gun belts. That's ancient. <laughs> and uh, they they tie her up with that, um, tie her to the chair with that. Yeah. And you know those fancy get tighter the more you struggle out of knots. Slip knots. Yeah. And um, so they they drag her back to the chair, trying not to hurt her because Eddie's like, well, you know, Odetta's still in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. The lady I like. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so Roland asks Eddie, like, do you understand that she's a da- that she's dangerous right now? He's like, I understood before, man. It's <laughs> like, no, you you knew, you listened to me, but you didn't understand. Yeah, you believe that you believed. Is that, I think is what, I <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. You believe that you believe. No, do you believe me down in the full bottom of your mind? Do you really understand she is dangerous? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we get into... Um, Eddie and um, Eddie explaining schizophrenia to mm-hmm. Roland, um, which again, you know, is closer to our modern day understanding of DID. 
Uh, um, find that was the idea. Uh, dissociative identity disorder. Okay. Um, and like it even kind of tracks with what we know about it because like most of the time, I, I want to say, um, again, not an authority, um, but most of the time, like it does. We're white guys with a podcast on YouTube. We have some authority, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it does um, spout from or kind of come from trauma uh, as a way to deal with that. And Mm -hmm. that was quite a bit of trauma. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, But he he kind of explains that um, people with with what he calls schizophrenia um, they usually know something is wrong, or they're they're aware of their blinks in their time, or their different alters. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this is when Roland remembers that uh, as they were coming through the door, Detta and Odetta saw each other, so they are aware now. Um, they might not admit that they're aware, and they're going to play very hard that they're not, but in some facet, they're still they are aware. In the the workings of magic in this world. Eddie looks through the door, sees from Odetta's eyes. Odetta looks through the door and sees through Eddie's eyes. Like, how Maybe. would she be seeing herself? I don't know. From what I see, it'd be just a mirror. It'd be the picture of the beach with Eddie there with a knife to Roland's throat. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe the door has some kind of inner working, looking at your mind ability already. Yeah. It's like Roland can step into a mind. Roland's going to be stepping out of her mind there. So maybe Eddie is on the more powerful. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe before they use it as a portal, like they step into their own mind as well for like a brief mm, second. Mm-hmm. That, maybe that makes sense. Maybe it's like you have a control room. Yeah. Maybe like the, <laughs> um, you know, the portal is through your mind. So you have yeah. to like, step into your mind to i don't know yeah i like that okay um but however it happened they are now aware of each other for the first Mm -hmm. time ever um even if they don't know what that means and so um they go back to the beach they try to go to sleep um and roland kind of this thing about the woman he's like well i need to bring her to battle and he's like, well, that's actually not a good idea because if they battle and Detta wins, then Odetta is gone, and I only have Detta left, and that's dangerous for me. He also seems some value in Detta, though, too. Yeah. He's like, if we just get Odetta, like, we're losing out on this fucking animal right. <laughs> that could really might, might be able to help it's in like, battling other animals, other monsters, you know? So so I don't want to have just one of them. I need to find a way Cake to join them. Cake and eat it, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I need to find a way to, to join them together. Yeah. And... Because he says that they could be useful in a real battle. They could be very useful against the monstrosities that they'll have to face in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The next morning, Eddie wakes up and he realizes that Roland never went back to sleep. Yep. Um, Detta wakes up and she starts yelling at her, yelling at them some more. Okay, this is terrible, but I don't think it's too racist. If I have to read this fucking paragraph, okay. it fucking cracks me up. It says, Detta... Uh, Detta Walker wakes up and she says, How many times you done raped me while I was buzzed out? She asks. My cunt feel all slick and tallowy. Like somebody done been at it with a couple of them little bitty candles you gray mate motherfuckers call cocks. Hilarious. <laughs> First of all, gray meat. Funny as shit. Con a dick a candle. Hilarious. And just the fact 
<laughs> I do like her a little bit in these. Uh, it's not the greatest writing, but it's still it's fucking amazing. Yeah, just funny, funny wise. The way how how she talks is funny to me. That doesn't feel too. No. Nasty. The the muffas is is bad, but. Call me is still funny. Somebody calls me a gray meat. I'm gonna laugh. That's amazing. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Call me white bread, gray meat, crackle. It's it's fucking hilarious. Go ahead, go ahead. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So they wake up. Go ahead. And um, <laughs> so they're like, kind of resigned to the fact that they're gonna have to start pushing her down the beach to get her to wherever door number three is gonna be. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm not gonna make it easy for you. She's like, she's like, oh, I'm gonna make this fun for me. Yeah. And. Man, I this is so frustrating of a section to read. Yeah. I could just they make like two miles in one day. I'm like, you know, two miles is thirty minutes of walking. Yeah. At a normal big guy pace. I can walk fifteen miles an hour, or, or uh four up four miles an hour. I can walk that fast. Yeah. That's nowhere to be. Yeah. <laughs> that um and they're having a hell of a time pushing her. Um uh the sand, you know, is just difficult to work with. Uh, there's a section where he like gets to a more compact part of the sand, mm-hmm. and so he kind of starts. He's like, "Oh yeah, I can push her a little bit faster now." And uh, as soon as he picks up the speed a little bit, she has been reaching her hand down, and she grabs the emergency brake and like just flips forward. Um, mm-hmm. She she nose dives into the sand, and they have a hell of a time getting her dug out and like mm-hmm. flipped back over. And she's just laughing. Mm-hmm. Having oh, a great old time. Oh, right? it's fun for her. Um, and Roland like goes to wipe the blood off her eyes or the, off her forehead because she cut herself when they fell. Mm-hmm. And uh, like she snaps at him and tries to bite him, but he also sees fear in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Maybe she's not the only one looking at me right now." Mm-hmm. Which you know, they're both aware now. They're both yeah. they're both watching. Um. So he goes down to the get some water, right, to help wash off the cut. And they mentioned again that like Roland takes another shirt from his shirt. How much in your mind? How much shirt does this man have left? He's he's absolutely got like it's, it's halter cut, yeah, yeah, right. Like, and I'm like, thinking like, like maybe there's even like, top. like holes, like maybe like a sleeve. Like he's wearing basically nothing. It's just a shirt, just for, just because you call it a shirt. He's basically wearing a sports bra. <laughs> yeah. I can see about about that much cloth is what yeah. I imagined is on him, and I, it never struck with me until this read through, like just how basically naked this man is getting, and he, he's missing a toe. We don't even talk about the toe. You know how bad that would fucking hurt to be walking like that yeah. with your toe. I can't imagine he's that healed yet. I mean, no, it's been, and like they do mention a little bit how it's like cracked, it itching, yeah, cracked and itching. Yeah, and I was like, Ugh. terrible, right? Yeah. uh... He gets the water, and she, like, feigns being afraid of it. I think that there was a little bit of awareness there that, oh, he just kind of saw it, so I'm going to have to play this up to, like, make sure, make him think that he has the upper hand, but it's really her just her faking being scared. Yeah. She is a devious, devious person. <laughs> um, so um, he's pushing her down the beach more and he has to keep reminding himself that Odetta is still in there. Mm-hmm. It's not just it's not just this witch he calls her. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they they start trading insults back and forth for a while, uh the two of them. Um they stop to eat and Odetta refuses, convinced that it's poison meat. Mm-hmm. They even eat some to show her and she's like, "Nope, I'm not going to eat that." 
Nope. Even you pick a half and I'll eat the other one. You ain't going to fool me. I was like, I'm punch you right in the face. All I want is for what's best for you. I'm going to be a terrible parent. <laughs> All, right. All I want is what's best for you. Just listen to me. I'm right. I know what I'm doing, damn it. I've been there. You're not that smart. You're an idiot. And I get it because I am too. Um, and um, Roland pulls Eddie aside for a little bit. And he's like, I only stand, understand about one in ten words that she says. <laughs> and um, He's like, is this how her people talk where you're from? And he's yeah. like, no, she's she like so he affirms again here that she's talking like a caricature that she's mm-hmm. purposely putting on a show. He says that she's like a bad actor. Yeah, that, um, I had that. Uh, yeah, that's I kind of highlight that again just to be like, oh, it's still bad writing. It's again. still bad. Yeah, I'm still not gonna give you a yeah. pass, even though you've brought it up twice that it is like a caricature and you're making it bad on purpose. Yeah, and, er- and everybody in your world also finds it weird. Like mm-hmm. still. Still cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, um, later that night, um, they stop again, and Roland realizes, like, uh, oh, me and Eddie, we have scurvy. We, yeah. Uh, he calls it like the the ship the shipmates disease yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's scurvy. He, he notices they're both like very, you know, suffering from malnutrition. They need some fruits and vegetables. Um, he's like, if we keep up just eating these lobsters, we're going to die as surely as if we just starved. Yeah, which is, I, yeah, the, the, the things they said, like the webbing between their toes is cracking and bleeding. It's like, yeah. oh, that's just, yeah. oh, that's terrible. Is I didn't even. But like their teeth are loose. He, he felt his teeth loosening in their sockets. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like yeah. your gums are retracting. Yeah. yeah. Let's not let's not get scurvy. And also, if you guys are paying attention, all the little, little listeners out there, it's two weeks in a row we've mentioned scurvy on different, very different shows, very different contexts. But there's a clip on Twitter if you want the full context. Pretty great. <laughs> um, so they go to sleep that night, and uh, after they've been sleeping for a while, Detta just starts screaming. Oh, that was- she just starts screaming at the top of her lungs, and the guys jump up. They're both super alert, super awake, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's got his guns pulled out. She's like, "Nope, just you know, just Don't making sure you. that you're going to protect me in case wolves showed up." <laughs> this looks like wolf country, and he's like, "Don't oh, do it again." Yeah. Um. So they go back to sleep, and she does it again. Man, I would be so mad. <laughs> And uh, oh, they are, they are. Roland, yeah. uh, he doesn't, he doesn't play with this. Uh, he he like basically like grabs her face and is like, "Odetta, I'm talking to you." And Dead is like, "I don't know who the hell that is." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Shut up, I'm not talking to you." He's like, "Odetta, you cannot keep her quiet. I'm going to gag you. Yeah. I'm going to put a gag in your mouth, and that could be dangerous, but it's absolutely going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You're both going to hate it." And he's like, I think this lady wants you to die. I think this lady's trying to kill you. So try to control her a little bit. Yeah. Gangster way of thinking. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the lady in charge. Go yeah. away. And it does, it gets it gets to Detta. She, yeah. he doesn't harm her in any physical way, but he, I think he gets to her like, oh, honky voodoo bullshit, something, right? Yeah. Just amazing. <laughs> and um it works. She's quiet for the rest of the night. Yeah. Um 
and the next day, she doesn't really fight them at all. The chair does slip over a couple more times, but not because mm-hmm. she's trying to fight them. Yeah. Um, he uh, says that, like, you know, there's three factors that are making us go so slow. It's um, that Eddie is growing weary and tired. Uh, the terrain's awful. And uh, Roland's condition is getting worse. And mm-hmm. So he can't keep up. Just, we thought we were out of it. Right. And now, the the time between doors, the doors definitely feel like a, a save point. Right. It's like, okay, and they, nothing was, they didn't get anything. You know, you think Roland and Eddie have been walking from door one now to door three without, they had no Popkins, no Tudor Fish, no Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> so, but definitely while reading this, the time between doors feels very long. Like, they have to keep moving, they have to keep journeying, they have to keep pushing forward. And uh, it has an effect on the reader, at least it does on me. Yeah. Um, the section did seem, you know, kind of longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it was, like, slow or that it dragged, mm-hmm. but, like, it did feel longer than it was, and um, which I guess is me saying it was slow, but... Yeah, this one, I... Remembering it, I, like I said, I don't... I guess let's, let's finish this and we'll just we'll recap because we got a little bit left, right? Okay. So she doesn't scream, but Odetta is gone. Or Odetta is there every night. They go to sleep. They wake up. Dead is still there. I'm like, fuck. And I have the same feeling. I'm like, oh, just please be gone. I want to, like, they're going to do anything, right? And then uh, one night, or one morning, Eddie wakes up and looks over at Roland. And uh, Dead is awake. And she's like, oh, he died in his sleep. Yeah. And he believes her for a hot, for a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, until until Roland starts moving around, um, and this makes Eddie think of like boxing matches where the uh, boxer is like bloody and beaten to a pulp. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not gonna win, but he keeps standing up anyways. Yeah. yeah. It shows a little bit of uh, Eddie being like a decent person and like watching fights like that and asking the ref to stop, you know, either in his mind, whatever it may be, yeah. instead of asking for the blood sport, instead of asking for the kill, you know. Yeah. Where Eddie is soft in that in that nature, which I think is actually kind of an admirable trait to be with Roland and Detta. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're the one person be like, no, like stop the fucking fight. He's you're gonna fuck him up too bad. Like <laughs> yeah. he's obviously lost. You don't need to see him die. You don't need to see him get CTE, whatever it may be. Um and then Detta has like a screaming fit. She starts like um but it's not, you know, like like the ones in the middle of the night where she was trying to get on their nerves or anything. She's screaming like she's in pain. She's grasping at her head, yelling about a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, she yells something about the blue plate. Um, and then Odetta's back. It's right there. Odetta's eyes. Dear God, I fainted again, haven't I? She said. I'm sorry you had to tie me in my stupid legs. I, I, wait, I think I could set up a little bit if you, Roland, just pulls a southern damsel and faints. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it cuts off. Oh, it's funny to see Roland faint. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a character I thought would faint. Yeah. <laughs> and which, which, you know, means it's going to be a little bit more serious than, you know, for most people. But uh, yeah, he's a he just woke up from from sleep. And the first thing he does is stand up and immediately fall over and pass out. Yeah. And they uh, at least at least Odetta's back. though. Yeah. For now. <laughs> for now, definitely for now, because we still got what is it, hundred some pages left? Yeah, we've got um, hundred and forty some at least. Yeah, according to my book, we're um, at sixty three percent. Okay, okay. So that was it. 
you were saying this chapter, there, this section didn't feel like it was slow or dragged, but I have no other words to describe it. Yeah. Because of think, how I feel like the first three went by really fast. Yeah. And then the part where Detta is fighting them and kicking and screaming the entire time, basically, mm-hmm. it kind of felt like we were along there with them, like also struggling to to get her to the other end of the beach. Which could just be good writing. I think I think so. That's how I'm taking from it, at least. Or good storytelling. Yeah. Maybe not. But that it while reading this, okay. Whenever you asked me how much we were gonna read earlier this week, I was like, I just I know that until we get to fucking until we get to this next shuffle, it is a slog. It there's n- nothing really happens. It's all about things preventing uh persevering getting through you know i think nobody's winning right now they're all losing like okay yeah. we're going slower every day making two miles in a day is fucking nuts for the yeah. gunslinger i could imagine he's putting 15 to 20 miles on his boots every day yeah you just think about like just about the average walking speed for a human if the desert has been hard pan instead of soft sand like we've kind of that was my first wrong assumption <laughs> while reading these uh, he was in a uh like a arabian nights yeah. desert instead of a uh utah desert yeah how about that but uh, I wanted to get through this, and, when, and we've this is our is our third episode. This will be episode three, yeah, of this book. Yeah, we did the last book in three episodes, but I'm asking twenty to forty more pages each week. Yeah, and even like this while we were recording, I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't mean it in any way. Like, oh, you need to hurry up, like, let's get through this. But yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm like, we have sixty pages left, and it's been probably an hour and a half. I was like, are people going to want this? And if y'all do, <laughs> and you're still here. Comment, like, subscribe, do all that. I love to interact with fans. I had somebody comment on my other video talking about how a little kid watching porn would actually fuck him up. I'm like, cool. My, my co-host said that doesn't happen. <laughs> but you're probably right. Go ahead, comment, and I'd love to interact with you. And if you want to interact with us more like in person, follow the link in bio, join our Discord. I think we've got a little bit more things coming that way. It's a little more fun. Yeah, I got some ideas for that. I saw you put something in there. Yeah. Anytime that you put something in the Dark Tower and it's you, go ahead and at everyone if you want to. I don't give a shit. You know, have, have notifications pop yeah. up. I don't care. We'll leave the Discord. They don't want to be here. Yeah. Or we can just build up a user. I don't know. Whatever it may be. Back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to get through most of Detta and Odetta this episode. And, and I'm glad that um, we did do it in one section. Um, mm-hmm. Partially because of some of the stuff that was rough to get through. Um, I'm glad that we just knocked it out in one. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm glad that... I don't see where there would have been a good stopping point in there anyways. I didn't want to try to connect two weeks of thoughts together. You yeah. Because so many, I mean, having this one this one line of, of communication that we, we talk to each other about this book once a week, you know, I don't want to try to pick up again next week exactly where we were on this where nothing's happening. We haven't found another door. Yeah. We haven't done anything. Especially if I left like in day two of Detta being around. We're just going to come back and Detta's going to still be there. Right. all we're going to talk about is the same thing for two weeks in a row, you know? And, and like, you know, it, it was a good section of the book, but it's a lot of the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. We would have had a lot of the same thoughts two episodes in a row, too. For sure. And I think that whenever we did get to Detta taking over, we flew through those pages. Well, yeah. We just kind of look at those. Okay, so like, there's not a lot of action. There's a lot of talking. A lot of talking. A lot of it's dead, and I'm not going to read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of it's like, okay, yeah, okay. I'm all right. And it's, I never even thought about the fact that Detta is voiced by a white man in the audiobook. So that's, it's not great to listen I, to either. If I was the audiobook narrator, I would, um, 
I would have to turn down any Stephen King gigs, I think. You'd have to. Because <laughs> there's, there's just times where, I don't know. Uh, would you turn down a role in a Tarantino movie? Like, if you're an actor? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you're going to say some fucked up shit that's not going to age well. It's not going to age well a week from now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I don't know. Anyways. Uh, where were we? Did you have any, like, overarching statements or thoughts about this week's episode? Um. I I really enjoyed it. I I am interested to see where um they go from here with Dada mm-hmm. Onodetta. Um cuz we can't keep having this be, you know, this be the same story with them um forever cuz like it's going to like the Je- Jekyll and Mr. Hyde will get old really fast. Very. Um so something's going to happen that have to happen with them. Also, really excited to see this third person, because yeah. um, once he started talking about like, oh, Eddie's gonna be a, Eddie can be a gunslinger, oh, Dedek can be a gunslinger. I was like, oh, so how's this third person gonna be a gunslinger? Yeah, like, you uh, remember what the title of Death of Door Three was? Death, but not for you. Yeah, and who the fuck is it? Okay, like they've done good ones. Monkey on the back, the prisoner. I get how that correlates. Now that you know that Dead and Odetta are two people, so it's like the two faced and Lady of Shadows. Yeah. What the fuck does death mean? <laughs> you know, like, we pulled through a Grim Reaper. <laughs> you know, and Roland even said like we might open this door in different dimension. It might be a world that has fucking spider monsters and shit. Like we don't necessarily know what's gonna be on the other side of this door. We're gonna get a necromancer. <laughs> Give me just a full-on necromancer. Full-on wizard. <laughs> That'd be a that'd be a good. He has one. some like skeleton buddies and some zombies and you know, but he's not like an evil necromancer. He just does it for science. He's just interested. <laughs> he's not an evil serial killer. <laughs> he just does it for science. The bones know? were dead when he found them. <laughs> he's really a life bringer. So like right. necromancers get a bad rap, you know? Right. Like like yes, most of them are going to be evil, but like. What if they're not? What yeah. if they're just like, this is neat science. Yeah, look at this. He was dead, and now he's my buddy. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> he, he was dead, and now he brings me tea. Like, <laughs> not a thought in his little head, but, you know, he, he helps me out there, Mr. Zombo. <laughs> For sure. Oh, man. I do think that this next section is going to be really fun to get through. I enjoyed it whenever I read it, because it starts off hot. Just awesome. out, of, out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's like, there's been breadcrumbs all the way back to Toll that, like, now kind of pay off just in a little bit. Yeah. Here. Like, holy shit. Like, oh, my God. Like, that's that that's what that meant? That's what, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just cool shit like that. So, it's, uh, I'm ready to get through it. That's the first, the first third and the last third of this book are my two favorites. And I think that we might be able to. I mean, was that, like, we're at 315 now. Oh man, we want to try to discuss 140 pages next. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll have shorter episodes next two weeks. Yeah, just maybe do like reshuffle the yeah. first two chapters and then yeah, the chapters three and four in the final shuffle. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably have to do something like that because I think that we might. Yeah, <laughs> we'll probably have to get to three seventy or three eighty five. 
Man, that's just not. Yeah, it is. Okay, we'll get 385, which is the Roland takes his medicine. Okay. And then so reshuffle chapter one, chapter two. Yep. And we might even we might even think about. You know what we'll do instead of worrying about episode length, we'll just have a book a book recap. Okay. In, in an episode that like might be too short, so if we can if we get through even three chapters or three little sub books, whatever the fuck you call them, next week that's whatever. Yeah. I'll uh I'll let you know whenever I start reading. Just be like, okay, this is enough to discuss, or this isn't. We'll add it on there. But it'll be fun, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really ready to get into. This is where this is the the first book, honestly. The Gunslinger was. It's just fun. It's like a a. Uh, what do you call it? Like when our Spider-Man gets bit? Like an origin story? Yes, that's what I'd say. It's more of an origin story or an introduction, very long introduction into a character. I saw somebody call the Gunslinger like the prologue to the series. I could see that. We do. We have different. We still have time that we're gonna have flashbacks from his childhood. Yeah, they're gonna explain more things about stuff. <laughs> and but yeah, it's a. Uh, if I had somebody that was like a reluctant reader, I would have them start with this book, just to, okay, well, just see if you can get through it. Yeah, and see if it'll be all right. So, I don't know, but my uh, my little brother was actually asking me about these. Uh, he didn't he didn't know that we did the podcast. Mm-hmm. That, like I just started reading them or anything. But he's yeah, like, he's like, hey, do you like Stephen King? And I was like, yeah, was he's like, all right. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, have you read The Dark Tower? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, why? What do you ask? And uh, he's like, oh, I've been thinking about. Uh, getting into him, I was like, "Well, I'm on the second book right now, and I like it." Yeah. Um, and then I was like, "I told him, you know, the uh, the first book, the style is going to be a lot different." Um, uh, and kind of explained why that would be because he's a lot younger and how mm-hmm. he's writing it for magazines, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, "And you know, when you get to the second book, it'll kind of be more like a regular novel, like you'd expect." But uh, if you don't like the style of the first book, just keep going because it gets different. Yep. And if you don't like the style of this book, Push on Through is going to get even more crazy. This this next book is a fucking mind... Tr- I forget how much happens in it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you could fit book three in a two-hour movie. Like, just all that happens in it, if you're going to do it any justice, it's just... Where you think the book ends, it's like the midway point. Like, they have a full full arc, climax, resolution, and then another one. It's, it's nuts that he could squeeze that much. I mean, the third book is what... Not that big. It's the Wastelands. Yeah. And it's not that big compared to, I mean, even Wizard of Glass is fucking huge. But this is uh, almost 600 pages. Yeah. It isn't crazy. I mean, we're at a little over 350 here. So we're going to add another 250 pages on there. But it's, uh, it's going to be a good time, man. Yeah. So um, you said you had a hot take earlier. You know what it was? You, told, you said you're going to hold off on the hot take. We were talking about. When I asked you about the shining thing, oh, I, I think I was just going to mention how I, uh, how like when he saw her like rolling around and reminding him of the trike. I think that's what I was talking about there. Okay. Um, I also said I was going to talk about something later when I mentioned like their relationship, and I kind of grumbled about that yeah. once they once he said that. Oh, I, I fell in love with her. Okay. So it might have been those two things. Okay, that makes sense. Because um, I was like, I was like, huh. I'm falling in love with her thing, and the oh, I can tell that you're falling in love with her. I was like, that's not how that works, man. No, especially if they don't know each other that well. 
Yeah. <laughs> no one there knows each other that well. Yeah, you like, know? I was like, you talked to her for five minutes. Yeah. But maybe like love is like exemplified in Roland's world. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe us mere mortals go to Midworld and we just love everything. You know? It's like being on ecstasy at all times. <laughs> And this is just really finely ground up X-Pills. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? <laughs> Man. Why didn't they take the Coke? <laughs> they, they had all this Coke on the beach. Right, they just left it there. You could have changed the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could have changed, just give anybody in Midworld a hit of Coke. That's <laughs> all yeah. you got to do. They would not know what came to like, you. Rolling, rolling, rolling. We got a big fight coming up. Uh, just, just a little bump. <laughs> This is actually called Super Soldier Serum. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> it's Pepsi Zero. <laughs> they make it feel great, believe me. <laughs> That's funny. Well, all right, I think I'm going to sign them off. Unless right. you got anything else to say. No, I think I'm good. All right, well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of our breakdown, reaction, response, discussion of the Dark Tower. <laughs> We're, uh, Try to do this every week, and we're here on Redacted Media. Follow us on basically anything. I'm even trying to put out some more clips on TikTok of stupid shit that we say. I'm uh, at Redacted on there. It's just my personal account, but I post a lot of things for the podcast. On Twitter, I'm at Redacted underscore posts because Redacted is taken. So mad. Facebook. We are on Facebook, meta, sweet, business, bullshit, whatever. Redacted Media. I put clips out on there. That's linked to our Instagram, which is Redacted Media YT. I'm trying to link all this together. So like if anybody wants to follow us anywhere, go ahead. Give us a shout out, slide into our DMs. Yeah. Well, even take the creepy DMs. Like just Oh yeah, there. anything. Like, like the interaction. Yeah, like don't even think of me. If you especially if you want to do this audio wise, you don't even know what I look like. Who the fuck cares? Right. <laughs> I don't have my profile picture on any social media. You can't find me. I'm trying. But thank y'all for stopping by. Uh we're gonna try to do this again next week. I think that this episode come out the end of february two mondays from now that sounds about right probably our new schedule dropping them on mondays because we missed last week and i had covid two weeks ago so been a pain in the ass but uh hope you guys keep joining us and if you guys have any questions or just something that we need to go over or a thought that you have that wouldn't be too spoilerific for jake send them in and if you have one that's spoilerific uh don't comment on the youtube video just dm me personally just keep everything clean, you know, just in case. I'll make a, a spoilers channel in the Discord. So join the Discord. That'd be awesome. A spoilers channel, like a, an overall thought. That'd be fun. Can you, like, limit yourself? <laughs> just <laughs> I can mute the channel and just not look at it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right, y'all. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by. Again, go ahead and like, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. We'll catch you next week. Toodles. See you. Toodles, huh? Yep.